Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The sound of endurance racing around the world. RadioLamont.com. to a very special midweek motorsport. It's just after 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night and this is our Formula 1 review special on RadioLeMond.com. It's Wednesday night, it's just after 8 o'clock so it's sort of a midweek motorsport. Uh, Although Tim keeps telling me it's not a midweek motorsport. It means that it won't get a number but it's in the midweek motorsport slot so it's a midweek motorsport special. Uh, Joining me just to my right, having taken his, uh, having taken his fill of uh, duck confit this evening with sour cherry sauce, is our Formula One correspondent Nick Damon. Good evening, <laughs> good evening, John. Good evening, Tim. Good evening, everybody. Not maybe what it's for. Yeah, uh, but it was duck confit. It was definitely duck confit, and very nice uh, fruitcake and cheese as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have rolled out the board tonight <laughs> because it is the F1 special up in London. Is our executive producer Tim Greer? Hello, Tim. Hello, John. Hello, Nick. I had a lovely steak. Did you? How was yeah. your birthday? Uh, that was uh, very joyful too, mm. or joyous. What was the adjective I used earlier when we rehearsed this? Uh, joyous. 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 You said. Mm. There we go. Well, you also said it was a midweek in December. So what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one was. No one was. It was partied out apparently, even though it was your big <clears throat> birthday. My big three zero. Three zero. No, That's next year. Yes, whatever. Maybe. Mm, possibly. With VAT. Uh, so tonight then we're looking back at the FIA Formula One season. Uh, just to prove it's live, uh, this is coming in uh, right now. Oh dear, I've just ruined tweet deck now. Hang on, stand by a second. Uh, hello to... Just to prove it right, live, John I've got it ruined tweet deck live on air. Yes, I did, absolutely. Uh, hello to everyone who is listening tonight and uh, Sam Pierce says do I remember there being a money off code for the Duke review for Le Mans am I having a spanner being a spanner and imagining things yes and we'll tweet it out tomorrow Thursday if you're listening uh, live apologies for absence says Billy Earl saving the podcast to listen to while I have my pacemaker replaced on Friday that's Ooh. pretty serious that's, y- yes <laughs> Uh, Alexander Orkin says, apologies for absence, catch up on the podcast. Hello, Alexander. Uh, no excuse required tonight. Martin C. Webb is listening and the RC Racing bobblehead is ready. Hooray. Uh, have you got an RC Racing bobblehead? I wish I had one. Uh, how fantastic. Martin appears to have one of you. Yeah. Uh, just to yeah. prove that we're genuinely live, uh, yeah. England uh, 99 for three in their uh, second innings. 
uh, and there. lead by 381 this runs. This is against the South, South African Presidents. Yeah. Presidents 11, though. Yeah. The test match starts at the weekend. Can't wait for that. Right. Jack Solowski says, looking forward to the F1 review this evening. Need a positive side. Really? <laughs> uh, Dan Housen says, I'm listening in a bit, just packing the car to go for his winter break. And Chris Suku says, um, apologies for absence, doing Munich to London in my car. And seven minutes ago, he arrived at Eurotunnel. Wow. I, get, I think you can still get data underneath the tunnel now. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry, I don't know. They've not got Wi-Fi on it. They got, they got they've got. got something, haven't they? They've got. To, this, there is continuous phone coverage now. Yeah. But you're never quite sure when you've switched. No, well, you don't. It's very interesting because if you're going from England to France, you stay on your English provider till you come out the tunnel. If you're coming back from France to England, you stay on your French provider till you come out the tunnel. Anyway, that's just nothing to do with Formula One at all. Uh, Tim, what is the format for our programme tonight? Uh, we're going to look back at the 2015 Formula One season uh, in two different ways. <laughs> right. Uh much like uh, you could have duck two ways. You could have it comfy and you could have a pan-fried bit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start by asking you both a question. Go what do the following drivers have in common? Okay. Right. Fernando Alonso. Mm-hmm. Valtteri Bottas. Mm-hmm. Daniel Kvyat. Mm-hmm. Roberto Mary. Mm-hmm. And Will Stevens. Didn't score any points this year? No, they didn't. Get through the quality three. No, they didn't start the Care? first. Didn't start the first race. or didn't complete the first lap of the first race. They didn't start the first race. They did not start the Australian Grand Prix. Well, mm. Alonso wasn't there, was he? He banged his noggin that mysterious. Um... He was electrocuted. Oh no, he wasn't. No, absolutely. No, he wasn't, wasn't. John. No, no he, wasn't. he banged his noggin. Even though there was no sign, there was no sign of concussion. Yes. Playing tennis. No, on a no, motorcycle. In a crash. In a crash. Yeah. Playing tennis on a motorcycle. In Spain. Yes. Well, Roberto Mary and Alexander Rossi didn't even practice because the, the Alexander Rossi wasn't even there. It was Sorry, Stevens. yes, yeah. I've already moved on to next year uh, in my mind. Yeah, because they couldn't get the um, start-up codes from Ferrari at that point, could they? The previous year's engine. No, because Ferrari hadn't written the software for the previous year's in- engine to interface with the 2015 ECU. That was right. Hello to Jackie, uh, Miss Jacks in Adelaide. 42 degrees today, melting. She says. And it's 15 mm. here. It's good for Christmas. Good yeah, it's for, pretty good. good for December. Yeah, so that was yeah, it's that, 21 that was the, here. That, that was the interesting thing, wasn't it? So we had, a, I think, after you know exemplary reliability at the back end of the season, they, they all turned up with their new cars. They had tremendous problems with them, a lot of them, didn't they? So who replaced uh, Fernando Alonso? Well, it wasn't Kevin Magnussen, but it was. Yes, it was Kevin it was. Magnussen in the practices and qualifying, but he didn't actually start the race. He did not. No. Uh, why? Officially... I can't remember why he didn't start. <laughs> he broke down on the uh, formation lap. Warming up lap, yeah. Which was the same as uh, Daniel Kvyat. Mm-hmm. He also broke down on the formation lap. And uh, Valtteri Bottas, why didn't he start? Because he hurt himself. Yes, he hurt uh, his back. Hurt his back, and that's why we had the whole Adrian Suter, Susie Stoddard, sorry, Susie Wolf. Um, I'm giving up saga nine months later. What happened with Roberto? He didn't practice. No, because did they didn't have the start codes. For the oh, game yes, game. yes, of course. Sorry, yes. We, we've done I'm that not, one. Uh, Sorry, right, I'm just looking. I've found the results now, and I wanted I to know the, the difference between DNS and DNP. Did not, did not start, didn't practice. Mm. Yes, it was a yeah, it was a messy race, the first race. Uh, also uh, messy for Guido van der Garde. Why didn't yes. he start the race? He didn't start the race because he ha- he didn't win his legal case against Sauber. God, but he did. It's, it's, it's okay. Yes, but he won. Yeah, he, he, he won. He won in both the Australian courts and Swiss courts. That's right. But he didn't get, get in the seat because he didn't have a pass. He didn't have a seat. He didn't have a suit. 
And in the end, he got something else called cash. Yes, out of court. Out of court cash. And uh, yeah. Is out of court cash better than in court cash? Yes, because there's no record of how much there is, so you don't uh, necessarily have to tell the tax man about it. You, just well, get you absolutely bundled. have to tell the cash no, man about it. No, tax I, don't, about I don't think that, a, um, uh, that is a tax deductible thing, surely. It's income, it, love. No, it's not. You've sued someone. It's not income. It's income. It's reparations. Damages, aren't, damages are not taxable. No, That's quite true, yes. I think you're wrong. Income, income right. is income. No, America, yes. In the UK, damages is not taxable. Income's income. It's not income. <laughs> it, it was it was virtually a refund of money he'd already paid. Well, I think he, well, I think that had already been done. This was definitely a, a punitive amount on it. Uh, who won the Australian Grand Prix? Um, a man called Lewis Hamilton. Yes. So then we went to Malaysia. We did. Uh, and uh, what did Helmut Marco say about Adrian Newey? He's gone. He doesn't care anymore. He's building a boat. Uh, he said he'd been castrated by the FIA. Well, the rules, yes. I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's Jean. Not literally. I don't think it's Jean Tuller turned up with the big pair of pruning shears and, uh, and snuck up on him one evening, much as he may have wanted to, when he was when he was working for Ferrari. Uh, how did the Manor cars do? They actually start. Well, that's a quick lie. One of them started and one of them didn't. Yes. Uh, Roberto you know Mary, sta- yeah, Mary, Mary yeah. started and. Um, Oh, my mind's very... Will they, 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 still. they did actually qualify, didn't they, or not? They took part in qualifying. They weren't within 107%, but were allowed to uh, race uh, uh, because uh, none of the teams objected to them uh, uh, taking part. That's nice. Uh, who wanted to uh, drive a Ferrari in the Chinese Grand Prix? Everybody. Most of the, most of the crowd. Just one of the crowd. Oh, right, okay. He run across the track because it was, quote-unquote, his turn. I've yes. got a ticket, I want a car. I want the red one. Yes. Excellent. Is, uh, How much drinking had he been doing? Eyewitnesses report that he did not appear outwardly drunk. Just inwardly drunk. Just a little bit deluded. Yeah. As people who run onto the track and uh, fall on races uh, generally are. Yes, not the only incursion of the year. Uh what uh, was significant about the end of the Chinese Grand Prix? But we're skipping Malaysia, are we already then? Uh, the end of the Chinese Grand Prix, what's significant at the end of it? Um, no one died of smog poisoning. Uh, well, Somebody co- co- some car conked out th- at the there end. Was, there was quite a lot of smoke. Somebody's engine went right for at the Stappen. end. Yes. Blimey, I don't remember that. No, I do, because it stopped just on the start line, didn't it? Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. So uh, they had uh, yellow flags. Mm. At the, the end. end, so the race ended under a yellow is what you were looking for, I think. Mm. Is the correct answer, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've already heard uh, right, Marco's um, view of the engine situation. Can mm. I just say, by the way, that in the UK, the only type of court-paid uh, fees that are not taxable. Uh, are compensation damages awarded for personal injuries, whether received in a lump sum or over a period, um, or interest uh, on uh, a judgment for compensation for f- personal injury damages. That's all. So nice. A jurist financial loss hurt, allowance. What does hurt feelings sound? <laughs> nope, doesn't count. So, yeah. there we go. Uh, psychological hey, trauma can be a, uh, yep. can be a personal injury. Absolutely right. 
Uh, Fractal 13, three minutes ago, said, I have now found I have got a three-hour conference call. Please shoot me now. Ouch. Put us in your ear. Nobody will know. No, it's fine. It's all about conference calls. It's a phone call. No one knows what you're doing. Exactly. Moving on. Just, just press mute. Just press mute and unmute yourself every 15 minutes and I say, just go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, that's that. Hey, Dave, that's great. Yeah, very good. And just hope that there's someone called Dave there. There's always or, someone Or that there isn't. Uh, <laughs> whose turn was it to have a go at the engine regulations in Bahrain? Uh, probably, well, must have, been, must have been Red Bull this time, or Renault, or Honda. Bernie or Eccleston. Oh, Bernie, sorry. Well, I was... It would be Ferrari. It wouldn't be Mercedes. But Bernie's not really taking a turn. Bernie's been having a go at the engine regulations since the beginning of the previous season. Mm. Yes. Uh, who won in Bahrain? Bahrain, Lewis. Yes. He held off Nico. And he yeah. held off Kimi Raikkonen. He held off Kimi Raikkonen and held off Nico. Sebastian Vettel had a terrible race, falling off about 73 times. Mm. Uh, and then we went to Spain, our first European we, race. We did. We fell asleep. Sorry, we didn't fall asleep. It was fantastic. And Nico Rosberg won for the first time in the year. Fine. And I don't remember much more about that one, if I'm honest. Uh, who was second? Where? In Spain. In Spain? Lewis. Was he? Yeah. Right. I thought it was uh, Vettel, wasn't it? Vettel, Vettel, was Vettel, was, Vettel was second. No, you've, got, you've, you've got on a race. Uh, I might be looking at qualifying, actually. Uh, no, no. Oh, no, he started second. V- Vettel was second. Vettel, Vettel finished second. Third in Spain. Okay, I'm reading a thing that says. Uh, no, sorry, that was Monaco. You're absolutely right. It's I Monaco, where he came. Yeah, Monaco. Yes. Actually, that was the first controversy of a major star in this season. Mm. Who made that mystery bad call that cost Lewis 17 points? Who hit yeah. the back of Roman Grosjean? Who hit the back of Roman Grosjean? Probably not very many people. Roman hit pretty much everyone else, though. Yeah, was it Kimi Räikkönen? He hit a lot of people. No, someone young and inexperienced. Oh, uh, Max Verstappen. Yes. Hard rammed him. Or was that when he stuck him into the wall? Yeah, that's massive. That's what it's, caused um, the um, the safety car towards the end, which confused Mercedes because Mercedes still aren't very good at tactics, so they find it, it, still aren't very good. So they find someone turning up who actually has a decent car next year. They could be in trouble. Mm. What uh, what what happened? I'll throw one at you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened for the first time since 1994 this season? What happened for 1994? Stop twiddling your thing. Uh, don't know. Can't think of anything. What was it? Well, if I tell you uh, that it had something to do with Alan Prost, right, in 1994, not being there. He wasn't, that's quite true. Uh, and he still wasn't there in 2015, so Alan Frost didn't start a race for Williams. What did Lewis not do this year that's happened every year since 1994 when the last time when it didn't happen? Oh, he didn't win the oh, Monaco very... Grand Prix. No. There was then... something that wasn't on the grid this year for the first time since 1994. Oh, there was no number one. Correct. No, they traded the numbers last year. First time since 1994 that there wasn't a number one on the grid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Moving on. Uh, to Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who has a go at Red Bull uh, this time? 
I got Red Bull or I got Renault? I had to go to Red Bull. Renault. Renault had to go Renault. Renault didn't. Uh, who said that they were technically lost? Adrian Newey. <laughs> Helmut Marco. Danny <laughs> Ricardo. Nicky Lauda. Oh, damn. Let's just shout names at No, random. we are shouting the random rent-a-gobs, aren't we? Yes, rent Though, literally, the biggest rent-a-gob at the moment is, is uh, Toto Wolf. But So, Danny Ricardo said they were lost. They mm. just, just didn't have a very good engine. And, the, and if you haven't got a very good engine at Canada, you are really up a certain crew without a certain um, propelling implement. Mm. What did Fernando Alonso say when his engineer told him to save fuel? Uh, I'm looking like an amateur already. I can't. I can't save any more fuel. I'm going slowly already. This is pointless. So I, I hate was, you. I if, hate you. If I was going any slower, I'd I be don't going want backwards. to. Did he go? I can't believe I've changed teams at the wrong time again. <laughs> <laughs> Jensen told me this was all going to work out fine. Yeah, Jensen. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Jensen did pretty cash. well there, didn't he? Jensen, who is known for changing teams at the right time. Oh, no. Have we all forgot about the off-season when he changed teams 11 stupid times? No, he didn't. He changed one team and then wanted to go back. And then by the time he could actually... And then had to pay some money. And then by the time he actually could go back, he didn't want to go there anymore. And then had to pay money not to go there. But that was like in 2004. That was like... Was it? Like like Man. Like Like Man. It was a long time ago. And now he's the popular elder statesman man. Like everything. And like stuff and things. With trousers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think that's probably. Lonzo didn't want, he didn't want to. I think Lonzo didn't want to do a lot of things, but um, yeah, he did want to pick up the cash, though. He enjoyed picking up the cash. Yeah, probably no about the issue. only thing this he year. Wasn't he wasn't sitting there going, "This is so poor, boys. I, I don't feel I should be paid." Mm. He's saying he's so poor, but I feel I be paid more. Mm-hmm. Then we moved on to Austria, a circuit owned by Red Bull. Red Bull. Teaching Yes. yes. Mm. I don't uh, think it's owned by him personally. I bet it is owned by the company. But the company's him. It's, it's a privately owned company, two people. Oh, uh, okay. Who did he accuse of uh, destroying our enjoyment of uh, Formula One? Renault. Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Renault's a Bernie great dancer. Eggleston. Oh, well done. Everybody else. <laughs> Not me, he yeah, said. This, 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 yeah, this summer of the race just appears to be different people having a go at Renault. Slash Honda, in fairness. Mm-hmm. Rubbish engine suppliers are us. Less effective. Okay. <laughs> mm. uh, who was on the uh, podium other than a Mercedes driver? Uh, I don't know. Is it a Williams driver? It was. Which one? Well, it would be Bottas. He got loads more points. Than, it's Felipe um, Massa. Was it always? <laughs> Can I just uh, say, you're our Formula One correspondent. Yeah, uh, I'm... Your uh, knowledge of... Of what happened this year in Formula One is pretty poor. I am not. You're from a merry man. I haven't memorised every position ever. I know, but the top three, surely. What, every race? How can it. I can remember the top three That's in every only race 60, of the WEC. 60 people right. to remember. Can you remember it from three years ago? We're not that, talking about three years ago. It's, I've got 19 races, you've got seven a year. But they're all happened this year. That's not the point. And two of them were always Mercedes. That's not strictly true. That's not strictly true. (laughs) But But usually... On Singapore, there were no Mercedes on the podium, right? So, yeah. (laughs) See? (laughs) Doesn't that just go to prove? Oh, no, I'm not even going to see it. Move on. He he could have written some notes. It's not like it's a surprise. He's got the results up in front of him on a computer screen. It's not like this was a surprise Formula One review show. We have been promoting this for quite a long time. A Formula Review show is about, uh, I feel, editorial, it's about comment, it's about insight. It's not about saying Fred came forth. 
Or Felipe came third, which he did in Austria. Uh, yeah. Which was his best result of the season. His equal best in Italy. <laughs> See, that's See, the sort of thing up. we want to hear. There you go. Excellent. Uh, what came next? Chicken on the egg. Another Brit- British Grand Prix. The British Grand Prix, yes. The wet and dry British Grand Prix. Well, it wasn't sponsored by an abrasives company. It was just wet and dry. What was the date of that? Can somebody tell me? Because I can't remember the British Sorry, Grand Prix. If I can't remember the date, do I also get shot down in flames? It was the 5th of July, John. Oh, right. So I was out of the country. Okay, you were out of the country, yes. yes different so time doing, zone. I was doing a different race in a different place. I wondered why I couldn't remember anything about the British Grand Prix. It was great. It won the really good. It was one of the few good races. You can say that to me, and I can't deny it because I can't remember anything about it. It was all up for grabs, mm-hmm. and then Lewis made a uh, made uh, inspired slash very lucky call in for from wets to dries. dries I to do wets, remember that. From dries to wets, and he got it exactly right by a lap, and he was behind. Yes. And he yes, no, I, about twenty seconds. I do remember that. I must have seen. And that now this is written down. I remember that from my with my brain. No, that was good. <laughs> and you can gesture at the screen as much as you want. It's not working on. I'm waving. Who introduced a lot new of car arms, for the Silverstone? Force India. Yes. Was it better than the old one? Yeah, it was. It was B. B better. When there's when they're, 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 hello, this is how, all of you would like to meet your our new car. Would like to introduce it to everybody. New car. This is everybody. Everybody. This is new car. It was old car sitting in the corner going. Yes, exactly. I'll put it up, man. I'll be in Aston Martin next year. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> I'll be a F- Formula Johnny Walker. Yeah, it booze me up, baby. Mm. Moving on. They could actually have cars powered by Johnny Walker, couldn't they? They could. Moving on. Well, if they've got cars powered by no, watches, can't. then... Oh, clock, you mean... Oh, clock, right, sorry. I thought you actually car. meant that. I was thinking, no, there's an official Brazilian, fuel supply. Brazilian alcohol supply. Yeah. Yes. OK, moving on. Uh, who won the Hungarian Grand Prix? Sebastian Vettel. After Lewis made his one big mistake of the year in the first lap, and then... And then Nico made his big mistake of the well, year. Well, he didn't really. Again, in the race with Ray, it wasn't really, he was looking at making a lot of points up. It wasn't really... I don't it, remember that at all. It was a brilliant race. You weren't in the country. Oh, OK, fine. You um, weren't in that this, country either. That was, this, this was a brilliant race, actually, because uh, Lewis co- uh, made a mistake on the first lap and dropped to 10th, and then was trying to battle his way up in, a, in the only way he could and had some kind of argy-bargy. He got a drive-through for Ricardo. Uh, I believe. They had three penalties. Yeah, and then Ricardo. And Rosberg were fighting with about eight laps to go, and he punctured Rosberg's tyre. So Rosberg actually, rather than, despite the fact he should have massively capitalised and come second, uh, ended up behind Lewis and lost Punctured points. the tyre running down for turn one to turn two. Yes. Yes. No, you see, I do remember that now that you've said and it, so I must Sebastian have Sebastian Fettel won. And his teammate? Kimi Raikkonen. Yes. Retired. Didn't he do that years ago? No, he came back. Oh, OK. Uh, if he hadn't had that problem with his power unit, uh, where could he have finished? Well, I Anywhere. But well, he could have finished second. He could yes. have won it. He, he almost certainly <laughs> would have, have finished done. second. Could have done. Could have, would have, should have. When was the last time Ferrari had a 1-2? Ooh, good question. I would say 2008. In, in the Ferrari Challenge. Even then, it's not guaranteed, John. 2008? It was uh, more recently than that. It was Germany 2010. Oh, yeah, Felipe uh, Fernando is significantly quicker than you. Ah, yes, very good. See? No, not very good. (laughs) He does remember some things. No, he's good, he's good. That's very good. He must have been around in 2010. I was, not right now. I'm reminded by (laughs) Alistair Darren that the British Grand Prix was the day after the 360 Motor Club at Snetterton. So, um, that was... uh, I was actually in the country that weekend. 
to what were you doing? Mm. Uh, the Belgian Grand Prix was another quite pleasant Belgian race. Lewis won from Nico. I think Fettel broke down. I don't know much more about it, Moist. Mm. Who who uh, appears in court? Oh, everybody. Probably Lotus for the first time. And at the behest of whom? At the behest of the British taxman. Not at this stage. Oh, okay. All right. That would come later. That would come a couple of weeks later. The hospitality people? No. Uh, That was a couple of weeks after that, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. Who was suing them first? Test driver. Oh, right. uh, Charles Pick. Charles Pick, yes. Because uh, he hadn't got to do what he supposed to do. Because he hadn't they actually have, done as much testing as we They have been sued by a lot of people this year, haven't they? Yes, in a very short space of time. Loads it's of like the, everyone was jumping on the bandwagon. Before they went bust, there was no bandwagon to jump on. Well, that's because of what happened, uh, what's happened in previous years with other teams, isn't it? So you, we don't want to be the last one. No. We don't want to be the first name on the list. Let's get your name on the list early. When they sell those ten practice champagne bottles, we want the money from it. <laughs> 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 You don't want to miss out on that, do you? No. Or, or was it or the 19, 2005 Ford Focus as well? Massive asset of an organisation, that is. Uh, the uh, uh, Right Turn Lover says, Ferrari 1-2, was it the ELMS? <laughs> yes, almost certainly. Very good. Uh, GP Dathy says, this uh, show sums up Formula 1. What happened? Stuff. What, co- what stuff? Uh, basically, is what he's saying. Uh, and Rotation said the, of the British Grand Prix, hmm, I remember it well. I spent most of it on the M6 in traffic. Ah, how exciting. And Brett Vassarman says it's Vettel like Kettle. Not Vettel, like Kettle. They, they've changed this year. They, now it's Vettel again, yeah. It's, it's always been Vettel. Vettel. No, it was Vettel for a while. Anyway, it's Sebastian. Uh, September always means the Italian Grand Prix. It does. And you what this year it meant the Italian Grand Prix. Yeah. And once again, yeah, they didn't use that banking. What a waste of investment that was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been poorly maintained, I have to say. Uh, it's very, very true. So uh, bad news for for. Rosberg. I wouldn't want to drive on it. Yes, it's very rough. Bad Particularly news when you get to the end of that section. It's got a bit of a drip, a bit of a hole. Bit, a bit of a drop. And being a reptile fan, there's lots of lizards who have a nice bask on there, so I think they would be frightened by the cars. How are you, forget-me-nots. Mm. Forget-me-nots as well. The flowers oh. that grow on there are forget-me-nots, amazingly enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, yeah, so... Um, uh, Lewis won and uh, Nico retired when his second-hand engine blew up. Apparently they put the sawdust in the gearbox and everything. It still made a lot of noise and blew up before he got home. And Even the tyres? Miles. Never raced and raced. Uh, not as bad as normal. Reduced. Than normal. Re- oh, sorry. Uh, increased minimum tyre pressures. No, after Belgium. Ah, yeah, that's yes. right in Belgium. Because that's what happened to Fettel in Belgium. He, he fell off at Eau Rouge, didn't he? When he ran an extra couple of laps in 400 more curbs than he should have done. It, and there was a puncture and it wasn't his fault. No. Not because they'd gone over... Just because they're running them out of all the parameters they were given. It's not their fault, it's Pirelli's fault. Yeah. I mean, Pirelli do a lot of things wrong, but you know, they're not helped by this, are they? Yes, you can't... Uh, you can't... Yes, I agree. Okay, moving on. Uh, who had to uh, borrow new tyre... Bla- borrow some tyre blankets from a rival team? Uh, Lotus. Lotus. Yes, why? That was apparently because of a leak in the garage. And they got waterlogged tyre blankets. They left Did them they? out in the rain. Didn't they also get everything seized in, in Spa? No, no, they can't no, get no, no. That was a Charles Peak thing, and this is not in Italy now, anyway. Okay, so we've moved on. There's a lot of rain this year, wasn't there? There was, That's in places sun. you wouldn't expect rain. Mm. Everywhere I went, there was rain this year. Mm. Everywhere I went, there was rain this year, including Abu Dhabi. 
Yes. I'm just thinking you. where Dubai... Uh, there was no rain in Oman. And there was no rain in Macau. But everywhere else I went this year had rain. Oh, Why did you go that? doesn't matter. Move yeah. on. Next, after... Where were we? Italy. What's after Italy? Singapore. The, the race where everything changed and the whole championship up in the head. That was it. The whole thing that ended in two years. Mercedes dominance was gone. It was all over. And we can write 10,000 column inches about it. And it's really important. And definitely that's the end of Mercedes dominance. Except it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Or anything. It and it just, never looked like it that. It was something right? called an anomaly. And it's very odd how you get an anomaly in a circuit and an event that is actually itself a complete anomaly. Who so, had a shock at Changi Airport? Uh, um, anybody who was waiting for Someone who was handling the curse system for somebody. No. Not that type of shock. Um, anybody who tried to get in with a port visa. You had to have a... Uh, a sherry port. visa instead. <laughs> so I would beat you to... I saw where you were going with that, Damon. <sighs> Go on then, Tim. Who got a shock at the airport? Mm. Roberto Mary. Oh, because he wasn't... He was, was he drinking and being merry? Was no, he, that what it was? No, he, he, he'd gone to Singapore to driving a race car, and in the end, he was had to stand at the back, because an American had nicked his seat. By the time he landed, the uh, seat had been uh, taken by Alex Rossi. Which is fair enough, because he wasn't paying for it anyway. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Mercedes didn't have a great weekend. No, it was the end of Mercedes. The end of their two dominance was ended that day, and it was never going to come back, and it was all over. Uh, who spent six weeks in jail after the Singapore Grand Prix? The bloke who walked down the track halfway through. Yes. Uh, this one wasn't a Chinese uh, gentleman uh, who, who, who thought he should have a go in the Ferrari. This was just someone trying to cross the road. Yes. Yeah, he walked down the track. I think he wanted to get into, into a different... Yeah, we wanted to walk around the track, see it from a different point of view. Um, <laughs> mad people. Who uh, was frustrated at the safety car? Um, do you know what? I don't know because it's probably Valtteri Bottas. The safety car driver, because he wasn't allowed to go as fast as he wanted to. That's true. <laughs> Poor old Bern. Yeah, Bernd Schneider. Bernd Mylander. Like, <laughs> not in the day. Not like when he used to race, eh? Nah. <laughs> go on, then. Uh, was, um, Mylander, actually. Go on. Yeah, Daniel Cardo. Daniel Rick. What did Daniel Rick not like about the safety car? He was going to try he and He just destroyed his strategy. Mm. And he ended up coming second. But he thought he was going to win with it. Ah. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, got locked out of their own hospitality? Lotus. At, uh, Japan. Lotus. Lotus. Yes. Non-payment. Oh, by the way, you know we were talking a few minutes ago how Singapore was the end of Mercedes domination. It was all mm-hmm. over for two years. Apparently they were first and second in Japan. Yes. yes. So did they dominate then? Well, oddly, yes. Mm. In fact, in all the races, the rest of the races in the season, they were first and second in every single one apart from Russia where they were only second but weren't second because uh, Rosberg broke down. So they actually increased their domination after the race where their domination ended. How interesting. And just like people might have been writing things for the sake of it. What oh. did uh, what did Fernando Alonso have to say in Japan? It's, I'm driving. It's worse than driving a GP2 engine. It's embarrassing. I hate you. It's not fair. I'm going to cry. Um, I have got a good beard though. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roman Grosjean. Um, so long and thanks for I all the fish. So That's very hung- good. Yes. I am so hungry. <laughs> I've had no hospitality the whole time I've been here. No one's fed me. I've lost too much weight. I feel weak and feeble. Isn't it true that the uh, Lotus team were being fed on the way in at a well-known burger chain on somebody's credit card? And they were being helped out by some of the other teams. Right, what, they were throwing no. scraps? 
the uh, drivers um, were invited to Pirelli Hospitality for lunch. Right. Uh, and uh, other members of the team uh, went to the Paddock Club for lunch. Because oh, that's, that's a cheap place to eat at the Grand Prix mm. circuit. Uh, they weren't eating in the actual paddock club. They were eat, <laughs> eating in the staff catering for uh, uh, the paddock club. They were the bins club. at the back. <laughs> they were slimmer. hanging around saying, have you got any half-eaten sandwiches, please? <laughs> oh, that. But probably in oh. French. Yeah. But the, the Lotus mechanics aren't French. They're from, from in Enston. A lot of French spoken in Enston, in fairness. Mm. I spoke on. French in Enston only the other week. Yeah. Uh, what you do in your spare time, we don't need to know about. Yeah, it sounds a bit weird. Moving Where's uh, Roman Grosjean actually going next year? Has, 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 I think we have a new jingle, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. Uh, it's work. It's heart by the Pet Shop Boys. Has. Yes. Oh. I knew what it was, I just couldn't see how it was has. Because it is. Because my it's in my head. Keeps in my head. keeps spitting a beat. It's missing a beat. Mm. Not that I bit. think we need to find a better one. Just a da, 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 da. Yeah, it's, it's going to be all yellow apparently again. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. <sighs> okay, it's going to be all yellow again. You heard it first here. They, they said it was going to be a yellow car. It's not going to be yellow. Uh, Hopefully it's better than Copper Sioux car then. Russian Grand Prix. Uh, well, uh, Putin turned up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamilton won. Um, and... Um, Carlos so decided to drive despite having a massive shunt and a bang to the head and then admitting during the race he was feeling a bit wobbly and you think, that's not brave, that is stupid. Mm. And they went, oh, fantastic, so brave, give him drive of the day. No, give him homicidal maniac of the day. If you're not feeling up to it, you don't drive around an F1 on car. Oh, no, sorry, you can't, he's got concussion. Oh, you have another crash car and see what happens. It's not like we haven't had some issues with head injuries in F1 recently. What was the... Uh... And also that the gaffer tip was used to fix the tech pro barriers. But I was thinking if he happens to go. <laughs> oh, so that's all right then. That was after they lost first practice with the diesel spill. Yes, that's right. And then tried to get rid of it by washing Water! it away. Water! <laughs> How fantastic. So this was a Grand Prix that was uh, attended... By mainly the Keystone Cops. Yes. And, and Lauren Hardy. Yep. And, and, that, and that idiot bloke who drove around the track at Brands Hatch. Pretend he'd be Roman Grosjean. And uh, a megalomaniac uh, self-publicist. So Bernie was there. And, uh, and Putin turned yeah. up as well. And it, it, once again, all the, awkward, all the awkward handshakes from the drivers who think, I don't know whether she's really shaking his hand, but I better do it because I'm a pawn of a large organisation. Hello. What was the uh, magnitude of the impact of Carlos Sainz with the Tecpro barrier? 6.7 on the Richter scale. Uh, 47G. 46G. Mm. Uh, you've already told us the results, so we move to G, so. Austin. Austin. Uh-huh. Last time what was the weather like? Us? Wet, always very, very wet. wet. It was very wet, and it just began to dry out in time for the race. Mm. In, a, in a, a remarkable piece of obviously, Bernie does commune directly with God. Uh, he got him to turn the weather off in time for the race to start. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, um, Rosberg, Nico Rosberg, suffered from a very bad case of wind and lost the world championship. Mm. Uh, Mexico, 
And threw a hat back at uh, he did. Lewis. Capgate. Yeah, Capgate. Very Mexico, good. Um, well, it, it looked really nice. They had some really good fans. Proofs proofs were needed that you don't need to actually have a good race to have a good event. Exactly. It was voted and as uh, Formula One event of the year. And they managed to but design not race a, of the and year. And they managed to design a track where you couldn't overtake if you were in the same car. And Lewis trundled on behind Rosberg, being all kind of fnuffy. Um, cause well, he's he been what? For nuffy. Right. he hadn't qualified very well, whatever it was, and that was it, really. And Another word from the dictionary. Yes. yes. And everybody did 400 miles an hour because the air was so thin. So thin and they had long straight, yeah. Yeah. 230-something, wasn't it, was top speed? Yeah. Fantastic. So Nico won that one? He did. Because at this point, Nico became the best driver in the world, even though he lost the world championship. As soon as as soon as soon it didn't matter anymore, all, brilliant. all of a sudden, brilliant. Nico was the best driver in the world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Although, in fairness, he had been qualifying better than Lewis ever since they let the air out the tyres. I put the air yeah, in put the, the tyres. Put the air in the tyres, yes, that's right. Ever since the point in the season where Lewis couldn't be overtaken on a number of poles. Yeah. Ah, very good. That's very good, Nick. Uh, Tim, that's very good indeed. So that Are you, are you saying there's some motivation issues, Mr L. Hamilton? I was saying that he was motivated to... Uh, end the season with more wins than anyone else more poles than anyone else more fastest laps than anyone else more laps led than anyone else uh, and uh, more championship. and another world, more world championships than anyone else well, apart, from, apart from Vettel he's got four that's true yes <laughs> within a Mercedes team he's got more than oh, anyone right. else yeah. well he's got um, infinity more than the other people in percentage terms uh, but he didn't have a great time uh, in the week leading up to the Brazilian Grand Prix did he no, he had a little accident. He was poorly. He, he basically, was poorly. He had flu. No, you know he had a car he, crash. You know how he says that his idol is Ayrton Senna? Yes. He'd made a little bit of a mistake, and due to being world champion, he'd regressed another 15 years and decided his idol was James Hunt. And he tried no, to live, that's not true. Hang and he on. tried to live like James Hunt and didn't manage it. No, no, no. That's not true. He, he reprised Ayrton Senna's crash at Monaco. <laughs> um, except Ayrton was doing it in the race, and... Lewis was doing it in his in Lewis Hamilton fairness, special edition. In fairness, the Pagani's on there. It's quite a wide car with not particularly good visibility at night when you're tired in the narrow streets of Monaco. It's now, not the car we normally drives around Monaco, is it? I've only ever seen him on a bike in Monaco, actually. It was an LH450, the Lewis Hamilton special edition. His, uh, his usual Monaco car is what? Golf. Smart. Smart, correct. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes yeah. I see what I did there? Yeah, I looked for the Mercedes connection. Use your brain. It's mm. just not really like we expected you on. See? Yeah, so he crashed it and he said, oh, I'm really, I've been partying too hard. And and then suddenly... And then he turned up late. He turned up late because he, he had flu. Well, oh, someone's put the X-Wings up. Wasn't, he wasn't flu. flu. He, he turned up late because he uh, was uh, forced to... Uh, no, Rest after his car accident. Yeah, Mercedes wanted to say he had flu, but actually he knocked himself about by shunting his Pagani into park. How fast are you going to hurt yourself if you park traffic? Yeah, well. Anyway. It's obviously so not a car with uh, good crash protection systems, is no, it? No, or it's very good at crash protection. Depends yes. which way you look at it. took out three parked cars. It must be going reasonable speed. The picture that uh, was posted on the internet was quite interesting because I can't work out how he managed to do that. And neither can he. Maybe there was another car involved. Apparently not, and neither was alcohol a factor, mm. said the Monaco Grand Prix. Perhaps Adrian Sutel was driving another car, I no one wanted to talk about it. Ooh. I think he... Anyway, so what happened after that, Jim? 
Jim. Jim. Jim, I said. All right. Okay. It's not, it's not a good day for correct names, is it, really? Force India uh, yes. had uh, been given a little advance on their money, hadn't they? Well, I think a lot of people ask for advance on their money. Uh, which means that uh, when we got to Abu Dhabi, uh, Manor and Saab asked for an advance on their money. Yes. Why did they do that? Because they want some money. Because no, they, because they didn't want Force India to have an unfair advantage. What, for having some money? <laughs> I think having some money is just what you need. Now, obviously, because of, this is I all about... I think from, this from is, some this, team's this point of view, advance, just paying their bills would have been nice. This is an advance of last year's money, of course. You didn't yeah. do yes. for payment until the end of this month, or was it the end of last end month? End of this month. Yeah, yeah so that when they get their money for last year. But it's quite good, you know, it gets a year's interest on it all, you know. Uh, who uh, had bigger problems than not having last year's money? What, uh, Brazil or Abu Dhabi? In uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, Felipe Massa. Mm, thinking about a team here. Thinking about a team. What was the question? Who had bigger problems than not having the money? I don't, I don't know. Tell me who was it. Who, who had uh, various... Again? It was Lotus, yes. Lotus. The answer's always going to be Lotus. Yeah, because they, they, they haven't quite got the money confirmed from Renault, so they had no money. Mm. And uh, they couldn't even afford to buy their own, their own practice champagne anymore. No. Where did... Uh, where did their equipment uh, spend a couple of days? Probably customs. Yes. Because there's no one there to... I can't do that in the radio. To pay to get rid of it. To get it out of customs in the special paying way you have to do in some countries. Right Turn Lover says, as soon as Ninkle stopped having bad starts, he started winning. And Nick Holland says, do we consider Lewis to be a worthy champion? In his opinion, says Nick... Uh, his childish strops do him a significant well, disservice. Nico's not we'll short of childish strops, is he? No, and we will come, come on, on. And we'll come, come on, on to all that later on. Formula One drivers, we're talking about here, people. Racing drivers, we're talking about here, people. Mm. Childish strops are us. It's in the job description. They're professional sportsmen. Before we get to the end of this section, uh, yes. what was the result of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? So uh, Nico Rosberg won. And yes. in second place, it was. Lewis Hamilton. But Kimi Raikkonen actually beat Sebastian Vettel, who started 12 places behind him because he cocked up qualifying. Mm. Well, his team had. Um, two th- right, that was a whistle-stop th- tour through the race. Yes, race says. For, for me, what I remember most about 2015 is ridiculous grid penalties. Yes. Engine regulations that talked about tokens a lot, which may... Always made me think of going down the local arcade. I know. Yes. Oh, I'd like to have 30 tokens. I get one of those little kind of... Um, the little, little bunny bears. things. Yeah, yeah the bears. Good. Little fluffy bears. Impress all sorts of girls with that. Yeah. <laughs> what, you impress girls with your bear? Small fluffy bear? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and what else do I think about... Oh, and and people slagging off engine partners. That's... that's that basically. did happen a lot. There was a lot of slagging off of engine Adam Johnson partners. says 2015, the uh, F1... I had demanded more emotion from drivers than uh, scalded them, or scalded them, as it says here. Um, I like that <laughs> idea. Poured boiling oil over them when they showed too much emotion. Interesting. No, I mean, I think, you know, what, what, running through the races, you kind of realise there are only three or four good ones. And there are some themes which develop uh, and yes. recur, aren't there? Recurring yes. themes. The recurring theme is that everyone was desperate for Mercedes not to be as good as they were last year, and they were better. E- except and for Lotus, Singapore. who were just desperate for uh, anything. Anything. 
I mean, the, the, the thing, you know, the thing I, I'm trying to think, what, what, what do I really remember? There? I remember the terrible coverage that FOM started giving Mercedes at some point in the season when they fell out and they yeah. weren't covering the, them at and all. And the cars didn't appear on the screen. At all. Yes. Um, I do remember that everyone was trying to big up this Ferrari renaissance, but Ferrari are just as far behind as um, Red Bull were last year. Well, if Ferrari you actually... were doing really well at the start of the season and then just went backwards. If you look at... I was just about to say that, Tim. Um, the other thing that really annoyed me, or not annoyed me, that will stick with me through the season, is, and Nick's t- touched on it, is the ridiculous reporting that we got from Singapore... Um, about this is the end of Mercedes, Ferrari, it's a renaissance. No, it's no more ridiculous than... Sorry. And then at the end of the season... Oh, OK. The, the, first, the first thing that we heard at the end of the season, oh, but Ferrari's going to be closer next year, it's going to be so much better. If you actually look at the stats, you will see that Ferrari were further away in terms of time per lap than they were at the start of the season. The, they were further away at the end of the season. The regulations haven't changed. And... Normally, when regulations and, don't and, and change. Sorry, I should say to finish that off. I don't care about that because I'm now with you. Mercedes spent the most money in in terms of the bit mm. that counts. They spent the most money on the engine. It's an engine formula now, and they spent the most money on it, and they've won. And what we do, well done to them. That's Formula One. This isn't a North London primary school primary school sports day where everybody has the same chance. If you can't hack it, don't be there. No, and I think, yeah, and that's very, very true. And I think that what, what the thing you have to remember is is that obviously it is within the requirements of certain outlets to try and big up the concept that everything's getting much close next year. It might be, but just look at any other time when the regulations haven't changed and you get a block of years of domination by various teams. So the only thing that broke Ferrari's domination at the beginning of the 2000s was when they, when they changed mm-hmm. the tyre regulations to... Uh, one tyre lasting the entire race and Bridgestone couldn't handle it and they we popped out of that and they lost they lost their way slightly. The only not, the only thing that stopped um, Red Bull's domination was they had a slight problem in, in 2012 when the tyre regs changed and they weren't yes. very happy with them. But the rest of those four years, they were absolutely fine. And they, what stopped it? We changed the new formula. Now, there is the possibility that Ferrari will come up with an absolutely fantastic chassis and dominate through but there's no real precedent for that happening anywhere else yeah obviously i hope it does because you know, I'm, I'm much more interested in four cars going for the championship than two but realistically mercedes have have, put, have invested in their success um yes. so you would expect them to continue to have some mm. question for both of you mm-hmm. who is Lourdes. the forgotten Sorry. man of the 2015 Formula One season, I'll go I with John him. first. I've forgotten him. There is. Who's what? The forgotten, the forgotten man. man. <laughs> who 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 did a lot better than the amount of reporting he got uh, suggests. Felipe Massa. Oh, I said John first, but uh, John. Um. Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg. Well, Hulkenberg's probably a better answer than Massa because uh, we have mentioned Felipe Massa quite a few times during this show and we're only yeah, 45 minutes mainly, into it. That's mainly just to annoy Sam. Uh, Max Verstappen. Carlos Sainz. I'm going to say Felipe Nasa. Really? Actually, no, I'd say Carlos Sainz was a good answer. Felipe Nasa 
scored mm. three times as many points as his teammate. His teammate's awful. Yes. He's not... John is mouthing who? Marcus Ericsson. <laughs> Marcus oh, Ericsson. Marcus Ericsson. Yes. Marcus Ericsson is a very wealthy young man who's done reasonably okay in a few of the junior formula, but he's not anything more than the ultimate pay driver. He's not as good as Pedro Denise was. Well, not as good as Pedro Denise became. He's about as good as Pedro Denise was. Ah, okay. It's hmm. interesting. Um, he's yeah, he's not as good. But he's not as good as Pastor Maldonado because all, all of the criticism of Pastor Pastor's won a Grand Prix mm. and a GP2 championship, and a GP2 title. So and <laughs> scored as many points as Philippe Nasser. Well, uh, Felipe Nazar is a, is a is certainly is, is a very good driver, run up in um, GP2 and and was last year was the winner. I can't remember. Uh, GP Dathy has tweeted at Spec Entertainment and you can as well because we are on a live edition tonight. Talkins and dropping down the grid. It's Mario Kart uh, F1 edition. Uh, and no, I, no, I think that's pretty, I think it's very, very. I think the the criticism that's come on this, the engine regulation, and and now we've got a little chance to take this out. I think that's a, an easy an easy target, an easy swipe. That's actually unfair. Right. The reason those regulations were written is for the right reason, and it was actually to find a way of levelling a playing field and reducing cost. And the also was, people coming in at different times. The idea was that you would build an tr- engine at the beginning of the season, uh, sorry, the beginning of the uh, new engine former, you would be allowed to assess what was wrong with it and upgrade a certain amount, but you couldn't build the whole thing from scratch. You could you know, move things around for a certain number of tokens. Yes, the tokens was a... A difficult thing to get people to understand, but it didn't really matter. It should, they should have said, "Oh, you can improve, you can change 50% of it." The fact that it's three tokens for an, EG, an MCU and two tokens for, for an up and downy bit of the engine doesn't matter. It's not important. The idea was it means you couldn't bring out a new version of your engine every week. Yeah, and the grid penalties is the same thing again. If you bring out an engine that's unreliable, going pop and bang, but got 50 more horsepower when it holds together, yeah, then you've got an advantage, and you pay for that advantage by having to take grid penalties. Yeah. The fact that people started tactically taking grid penalties, like when Honda bought out a new version of their engine, they actually put all three of the new versions in the, in the car at one as quickly as possible, and took 75 places of penalties for them. In one race, it made, oh, I've got 125 points. But yeah, you've chosen to do that by playing the system. Don't then blame the system and say it's, it's ridiculous when it's actually put in there for a very good reason. Richard Lee says, uh, you guys have obviously not been to a skilled sports deal lately. Uh, you need to uh, BOP the parent sack race. <laughs> very good. Uh, Nick Holland was first as finger first on Felipe Nazar and Carlos Sainz. On, no, we're, so we're well I think there's an easy whipping boy on that. It's the same thing. Yeah, I personally think that these engine regulations are what should be doing in, in, in F1. They're pushing the envelope. It's not, it's an envelope is perhaps not pushed as far as in uh, WEC, but it's still a bit of a... They still have an interest to them. And I think they sound great. I like Ducatis. I think they sound great. I agree. I like the idea of going to Grand Prix and not putting earplugs in. You put earplugs in, it doesn't matter how loud they are, you put earplugs in. Take the earplugs out, they're just as loud as they were. What's that about the noise? Ridiculous. It's a different noise. And then let's have a go at them because they are, you know, they, 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 we have to change new ones. We should build a better engine in the first place. You don't have to go take a grid penalty. How many grid penalties did Mercedes take this year? Uh, none. 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 Uh, none. Because they built the Ferrari thing take? properly. Did they take one for Fettel? I think they took one for Fettel. Um, America, I think it was. Next year, doesn't it tighten up again? Um, there's, no, they've left, they, they've, 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 Released, relaxed it for this for next year, so it should have done. But you've now got the same amount of tokens again as this year. Okay. I just wish they wouldn't call them tokens. Upgrades then. 
Now, if, if I was to give you a copy of Need for Speed, yeah, and you've got your custom car, whatever, whatever sim you want to use, and you've got your custom car, and I say you've got 30 tokens to upgrade it, that wouldn't confuse you then. Oh, I'll put 10 into the engine, I'll put 5 in the gearbox, I'll do 3 for handling, I'll have a better car on the track. Everyone does it in... Performance index, simu- they call it in does it in, speed, yeah, Everyone does it in simulation racing. Why is it suddenly so awful to do it for real? No, 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 I just think talking sounds awful. Well, it was poorly translated from the original Pre- French. Le no, no, it would be jeton. Billet. Well, that's what they're Je- called, those jetons. Uh, is that what they call them? In the FIA rulebook, yes. It says jeton. Yeah. See, that's even worse because I think of jeton as a small white piece of plastic that the security guard gives <laughs> me a car for so I can get the trolley out. That's the jeton. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I think of a 1960s American cartoon series set in space. No, the, no that's the Jetsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. Da, da, and now you're going to the midweek motorsports special looking back on the I'd 2000s. I'd like to point out that I'm not old enough to remember the 1960s. Uh, or indeed the 70s. Uh, you're listening to a midweek motorsports special as we look back on the FIA Formula 1 Championship for 2015. Uh, Tim Gray is our executive producer. He's up in London. And sitting next to me, just to my right here at Hindhoff Towers, is Nick Damon, our Formula One correspondent. We have uh, we have gone through the uh, the races. Actually, did we do Monaco? Oh, yes, we did. We did. Yes. Uh, uh, we've gone through the races. Are we now going to look at the teams individually, Tim? We're going to look at the drivers individually, although we might cluster drivers, and there's a very good reason Jeff, for that. For a cluster right. driver. Right. <laughs> um, well, I, just been sent a little bit of trivia. How many individual penalties, not total number of uh, grid places, but how many individual penalties for engine and powertrain changes were applied during the 2015 season? So across all the across drivers, all just so, not, so, so a 25 place penalty counts one. Yes. yes. Uh, my guess is there was probably about 60. Uh, I was going to say 50. 106. <gasps> <Wow>. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. I thought I thought I got I thought I got too far with sixty. So did I, because <laughs> I said fifty. Obviously, that's impressive. That's a very good stat. Well done, that person. Great, great start. But towards great the start, end, which was towards six, the end, people were just, times were just more than were as, Yeah, towards the end, people were just taking them as part of an R and D program. Yes, which kind of makes a mockery of the whole system, doesn't it? Because they basically at that point they were no longer involved in the championship, and so you kind of go, that's what people do, isn't it? Can, can I ask you? And I, I, look. Again, you know, we're being a bit jokey about this. I love Formula One. I do not dislike Formula One. I love Formula One. Um, I'm not keen on how it stands at the moment. I certainly don't like the way that it, it is over reverently reported and built up. You're almost not allowed to say it's it's been a bad race. Uh, and by the way, a fair play to Jenny Gow on the BBC, uh, who quite often says that was a pretty rubbish race, um, but we need to talk about it, so let's talk about it. Um, Serious question. When are we going to give up this nonsense about Formula One being anything other than the top of the pyramid and just let people spend as much as they want to spend and be as clever as they want to be? Because that's what we need to get back to. Well, You're going to provide them with the money to do that? If it, Well, two, two or three of the teams have the money to do that. Yeah, of course they and have they the money are, to do it. The let's, let's, are you let's, telling me let that me take Red you back don't to, have the money to do whatever let's they go want? All They're the way already back. spending yeah. more than the rest let's of the grid Let's go all the way back to the engine development as it was in the V10 3.5 litre today, so Renault, then Ferrari, then Mercedes as they developed the engines. You would have an engine for practice. Yeah. You'd have an engine for the qualifying. You'd have an engine for the race. Mm-hmm. Possibly three different You specs. wouldn't ever use those engines again. 
No, you would. They'd, well, have... they would be thrown away. They would go back and be rebuilt. Or they would go to the test team because they were testing every week as well. Yeah. Um, you qualifying engines would be giving you 60 to 80 horsepower more than the already ridiculous amount of power you were getting. Um, and they were designed you know, as a throwaway machine. And, and people would throw engines. And every race, you would come with a development that would give you 7, 8, 10, 15 horsepower. Every race, the engine would be improved. An engine would start, would put on about 60 to 100 horsepower during a season. Every year. That's why you got... That's why, you know, at the end of the DFV era, in, what, 82? It was still only producing about 450 horsepower, 500 horsepower. Then we had the turbos. And then by the end, by, they're, they're over 1,000 horsepower. I know, three and a half litres, over 1,000 horsepower at the end of it. Hello to Chris Suku, who's come out of the Channel Tunnel and is uh, back in the UK now. Uh, love Formula loved Formula 1 and expect I might again in the future, but not for now, says Nick Holland. Uh, Crokins make it sound like an arcade game, which makes sense. Um, but that effectively was what Formula One was like through the season. Pay enough and you biggest, will win. Pay enough and you always win. I, biggest, I have no yeah, problem with no. that. What I was going to say was, before I read those tweets out, uh, here's, here's the thing. How You're talking about uh, three new engines per race weekend per car. Mm-hmm. right? And how much did that cost? No one ever published any results of that. But it, it, it will cost, if you were going to do that, um, I suppose £50 million. Pounds. Right. How much did Mercedes-Benz spend on their engine programme last year? In the first year, they spent €190 million Euros or dollars. Okay. But, but that was all the development costs. Right. So, by the time you spread that out across the length of the... the... But that is £50 million, pounds, John, for up and down the engines only. That's not your hybridage and everything else. That's just a really, really disposable, highly tuned racing ICE. Yes. Because a, most, a huge amount of the cost of these engines is the hybridisation. If I say something now, please don't think that I'm saying this just to criticise Formula One, but mm-hmm. I'm not. Don't you feel, though, that they have gone the wrong way with their engine rakes? Because nothing that they have done has either improved the show or had any spin-off technically in terms okay. of, of relevance. You're absolutely right. And long-term, for the teams for which it actually counts, mm-hmm. i.e. not the teams at the sharp end of the field yep. who have got unlimited resources, it has not saved the people at the back of the grid one brass razu. No, it's cost them three to five times more. Duh. Yeah. Well, let me... Let me the, the, the problem is... But if I can see that... No, because what you got to think, the engine regulation was designed to keep the manufacturers interested coming out in, you know, in 2010-11. What do you want to do? We want to have a, a applicable engine that's hybrids. The difference between the hybridisation within uh, WEC and the hybridisation within Formula 1 is, 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 is quite clear. Effectively, the WEC said, you have this much fuel... This much fuel flow, knock yourselves out. And but, it's going to get smaller. But you only have to build it for that car. F1, you all have to build a 1.6 litre V6, which has to be, which could recover energy in two ways only: um, Kerr's kinetic and from the gas heat back. from the gas back. But you have to sell that package to other teams. It's a very different challenge, and obviously, if we're really honest, a less good result. Because you've got a bespoke 
hybridization three or four different concepts but bespoke hybridization built to the cars with a you know you got, still only it, have two uh, energy no, no, recovery no, systems no I'm saying if you think about it John it's it, 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 it almost as a it, four engines per season right yeah. for m- more than twice the were, running yeah but if you were going if you were going if you were going to sit down and go I want to get a thousand horsepower from a hybridized engine you wouldn't build a 1.6 liter engine which was running a big battery pack and, and a, an MGHU and you wouldn't have it con- constrained to or only to a uh, a fuel limit or fuel flow and fuel, but you, yeah you, you kind of you would have more flexibility but, but because formula 1 needs need, needs to have a defined engine formula I mean, when was when was the last formula libra 1950 51 ever since then you've had a defined engine you've, you've had a choice at, during the 60s and 70s but you, it was a three liter or one and a half or a turbo you never had the freedom in f1 that's not where the regulation is written Ex- well you did to an extent because even if it was a, a capacity limit it could be a flat six a v12 no, a v8. and i agree with you entirely and that and and the the standardization that happened with the v10s in 96 when was that 95, 96? Was definitely a step in the wrong direction. But again, they were trying. Again, it was the first attempt to reduce costs. Right. Um, it's coming up to nine o'clock. This before we call half time from Ryan Privalos, who says surely a cost cap wouldn't work and shouldn't be uh, inflicted on Formula One, which is supposed to be the pinnacle of motorsport, not quote unquote the budget. Series. I couldn't agree more. Mm. Uh, and Tierman, if you want to uh, have your say tonight, it's the FIA World Formula One Championship review on Midweek Motorsport, and we're at half time. And our second half, we're going to be looking at the drivers. Ooh. I was expecting a jingle at that point. Not in this show. Not ah, it's right, not okay, because it's not midweek motorsport. <laughs> so in our second half, we're going to look at the drivers. And how are we going to group the drivers then, Tim? We're going to cluster them. Cle- we, we, we Play, so before, long as yeah. we only cluster them and not the end of that phrase. Go on. Uh, and we're going to start at the back uh, with one who's not going to be clustered because he's Kevin Magnuson, and there's not a lot to say about him, is there, Nick? Other than he won't be back. Exactly. I, I must admit, one of the Formula things, One doing really well bringing that new talent through. One of the things I thought was um, an unwelcome return this year was um, the less cuddly side of Ron Dennis. Ron Dennis, who's been trying to promote a much more cuddly side recently, even even while sacking Martin Whitmarsh, I'm sure Martin won't be that bothered off a multi-million pound payoff he got. Um, and he's going to work in the uh, in boards. Yeah, so he's oh. fine. And, and I always like Martin. But uh, Ron was being a bit of a charm offensive sort of person, but he kind of let that slip towards the end of the season as he got more and more frustrated with uh, Honda and answering questions. And he said some, said some very unnecessarily unpleasant things about Kevin after he let him go on his birthday. You know, and, and By I text. Th- and I was thinking, you don't need to say it. If it's true, if it's not true, saying he didn't meet certain targets, didn't do certain things, I think it's very hard to make it do. Let's, if, we, if, we, if we spin back, because Ron... She turned down the let's be real pu- honest public about relations niceness well, no, quotient. No, no. Let's be real honest about this, and, and I'm not sure how I can say this in review without causing problems. Ron has not always been a choir boy when it comes to 100% truth speak. He said in Ron word. He has been um, caught out not being of that choir boy position on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. Now, Ron is trying to say that Kevin Magnussen did not meet 
certain criteria. Mm-hmm. This is the same Kevin Magnussen who who only didn't who only didn't retain his drive uh, one because they signed Fernando Alonso for four point ten billion dollars, and secondly because right at the last minute they decided it might be better to have Jensen Button's experience in the car rather than, than his lack of experience. And at the time, we're saying no, he's great, fantastic, we really like him, we'll put him there. So so considering what he hadn't achieved since then. He hadn't had anything to achieve. He's not driven anything at all. And he just stood at the back. And But somehow he hasn't achieved what Ron set him. What, did he stand at the back at the wrong angle? Ah, did no. he put his headphones on whoa, slightly wrong? Uh, he did have an opportunity to achieve something in Melbourne, though, didn't he? No, oh, and the, the car, car broke down the warm-up lap. In fairness, you mentioned something there that might well be the part of it. You might have unwittingly stumbled onto it. Because having worked at Ron World, mm. uh, the McLaren Technical Centre... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was told in my briefing that I should never lean on anything and should always be absolutely straight up and down to the floor and never at an angle and never lean on uh, anything. Yeah. So maybe he was indeed standing at the wrong mm. angle at the back of the pits. Yeah. But it wasn't the only stupid thing that Ron said. He also says that he also he also tried to criticise Lewis Hamilton's lifestyle. That's the lifestyle that's won him 25 races and two world championships since he left your floundering team, Ron. You know, Ron. Look at your own problems first before you start attacking other people. Yeah, hang on, but Ron Dennis does not have a monopoly on saying stupid things in the Formula One. Uh, in the Formula One, I don't know if the people who actually team principals actually own their teams. Yes, he does. Well, now that we don't have Flav anymore. No, who? How many? How many team principals? In what sense do we not teams? have Flav? Flav, uh, Flav issues a quote every like twenty minutes. True. For someone who's not allowed in a Formula One paddock, Flav is very present. He is. Well, but Ron wasn't allowed in the Formula One paddock. Yeah, but he is now. Well, he, but that 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 changed when Jean Tot turned up. Mm, the sure the was. interesting thing about Ron is that uh, nasty Ron uh, won McLaren multiple world titles, and nice Ron uh, gave us yes. this year's car. Well, I don't know about that. I think it was um, nice Ron probably was responsible for some of the problems of the previous three or four years. Um, and he's now trying to switch up to Nasty Ron to, to, to reclaim his crown. But if you're going to be Nasty Ron, that's fine, but don't just say things that don't make any sense, nor back, nor back reference to history very well. So Kevin Magnussen finished 22nd in the uh, Drivers' Championship yes. with zero points. Also well, on actually, zero he, points. In fairness, he didn't finish 22nd. Yes, he did. Was he categorised? Yes. I've got a list here that just has a dash next to it. He was entered for a Grand Prix. He scored no points in that Grand Prix. Uh, he scored he no points start, in, in the he other. Didn't take the start. He started the formation lap. Ah, mm. fair point. So uh, then there's, there's what one, two, then, three then I've got more three, drivers who are three other pointless drivers. Uh, Will Stevens uh, in twenty-first, Alexander Rossi in twentieth, and Roberto Mary in nineteenth. Now can they're in that order well, alphabetically. Right? Can I? I was going to ask a serious question because no, they're not. Will Stevens? Yes, they are. No, they're not because Mary's got a twelfth, um, and uh, Stevens has only got a thirteenth. So Mary is ahead of Stevens. And Rossi. And Rossi's got a Rossi's 12th got a twelfth as, well. as well. I was going to ask about that because Will Stevens finished all but two races. Roberto Mary had five non-finishes. Alexander Rossi didn't come into the championship till Singapore, Singapore, and then had two. Um, non-finishes in his or uh, non-scores in his 
So I don't understand how Will Stevens, who finished more races than those two, because he together. his best was a thirteenth. Right, that's why I was asking. Uh, Alex Rowe had a twelfth and a fourteenth, and Roberto Moreira twelfth and a thirteenth. Right. Will Stevens also outqualified uh, Mary and uh, Rossi uh, most of the time. No, I think, in fairness, um, Will Stevens had Will Stevens had the measure of Mary, but Rossi did come in was pretty impressive in what is actually a very very poor car. Uh, yeah, Steven, Stevens had 11 uh, qualifying positions that were better, um, which well, considering there, racing, were, there were two they? two that events the where they car, didn't uh, didn't that actually take part in qualifying. They achieved their goal by getting themselves back on the grid in time for the uh, Malaysian Grand Prix, and they've trundled through the year, and they've remarkably well, They haven't the... raced anybody, no, have they? No, they've trundled around the back in they've the barely raced themselves. Well, they, they, haven't, they haven't been Actually, racing each other. There's been a massive gulf them, between them. In fairness to them, they didn't really get in the way very much either, which gives them the number of times they're being lapped. It's actually a big a big thumbs up, but they are going to theoretically have a new car. Well, they're going to definitely have a new car, and they've definitely got the Mercedes engine. Um, they haven't got a team manager anymore, which is more of a worry. But, or a um, team principal. Yeah. But they should get a car that will go significantly quicker. However, they have employed Dave Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Team, which is, so they have got a team manager. So they got he's he's the other half of nasty Ron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously, uh, and again, I ask this question very seriously. Back of the grid teams like Manrusia, um, what is the point? This year, uh, not much, but it was a building year. Let's see what happens next year. Right. All well, they had to do this back. year was turn up. Because they come 10th, they get the cash. Mm. But I am ne- pretty At much the end of next year. I'm pretty much with you. This year would have been no, no better nor worse with 18 cars rather than 20. Right. On the uh, subject of 18 cars, the driver who finished 18th was Marcus Eriksson, who Nick yes, has... Not said nice things about so far. Uh, anything it, at all to praise Marcus Eriksson? His best was the first race very, of the season. He's got a very, very good record of paying his checks on time. He scored points five times. Look, his best finish was an eighth. He got a ninth and three tenths to go along with it. Nine points for the season. He was the best of the. He was the worst of the points scoring drivers. However, however. If you'd said to Marcus Eriksson at the start of the season, uh, tell you what, mate, you'll be two points behind uh, Fernando Alonso and uh, seven points behind Jensen Button at the end of the year, he'd probably have taken that, wouldn't he? Yes. Foolish man that he may well be. But let's be it's really right. I, I think the, he knows even, enough about even, Formula 1 to know that the McLaren Honda wasn't going to be a successful car, though. Even the worst rented driver is still a fantastically, fantastically talented racing driver. Marcus Ericsson is a fantastically racing driver who also happens to be well-funded. Yeah, but he's just not somebody who, if you were choosing the top 20 drivers in the world, would be an F1. Mm. Well, as I said, he was in the points five times. If you add up the next, uh, you know, Fernando Alonso and Jensen Button between them are only in the points, uh, what, seven times. So, you know, you've got to be there at the end to finish. It doesn't matter what you're driving. Um, I kind of see that. His best, as I say, was an eighth. Hmm. Hmm. Meh. It's not easy to finish eighth in a Formula One race. No, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. How many drivers yeah. finished that particular race? Eight. Eight. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think it was eleven. 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 Yeah. No, I mean the problem. Yeah, let's let's get this into into perspective. You know, perfectly fine driver, perfectly nice guy. You know, he's there because the check, and of guys who are there from the check, there are many worse. But you know, I think I don't think he needs any more words. Must be honest. 
Fernando Alonso was next up in 17th position, who, along with Jensen Button, um, had probably a year that they'll want to probably forget. Probably. A 10th and a 5th for Fernando in the middle of the season at uh, Great Britain and Hungary. In the points for Jensen at uh, Monaco, at Hungary, at Russia and USA. At any point in the first half of the season, do you think Fernando Alonso would have believed you if you said, you're going to finish fifth in one of these races? Yes, because he always knows there are crazy races. Mm. There's always a crazy race in the year. Um, weather, wet, you know, start line crash, wet weather, wherever it may be. There's always one which is a completely topsy-turvy one. And he probably will go, yeah, I can see that happening at some point, but not through merit. And he wasn't through merit. Mm. He, he finished ahead of both Mercedes. That shows you how merit, 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 car-based meritocracy it is. Uh, tweets coming in all the time. This is from Miles Cook. Bit fed up with Bernie's. What's the point of the back-of-grid times at the same time? Seeing teams spend far too much money, then go bust. Fair point. Six teams to three. Said it. There we go. Not bad. Five not teams to four. Cars. Five teams to four. Six teams to four. It's still not a full grid. Sixteen. Six teams to three. Eighteen cars. A full grid is what you decide a full grid is. A full grid is twenty-six cars in Formula One. Eighteen competitive cars is more than enough. Four competitive cars would be nice. <laughs> it would be yeah, nice, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, lads. But yeah. at least with three teams, three each team, you have three cars are competitive. <laughs> well, just, yes, well, they wouldn't be because one of them would would have been driven by Marcus Ericsson. <laughs> no, who is the uh, Mercedes third driver? Pascal Verline. Verline? No, it wouldn't be because he hasn't got a super license. Yes, he has. Has as he? Long as it, How? As long as he doesn't have a clutch pedal, he'd because be fine. he's going to they they'll give him the three hundred kilometres in testing. He's done yeah. the he's done the kilometres in testing. Sorry, did yeah, he? He's done the testing. He? Uh, so 16th and 17th two world world champions then Carlos Sainz Jr who was in the points 2, 4, 6, 7 times with the best of a 7th in uh, Russia uh, and finished up on 18 points lots of retirements for Carlos this year he didn't have a lot of luck um, he got the the, the, the the back end of the very poor anyway reliability of the, the Renault engine and Toro Rosso. You know, you can't really say Carlos Sainz without saying Max Verstappen, even though he's not obviously the next person up in this, but you have to lump them together as a fantastic pair of rookies. Absolutely brilliant uh, uh, return to form of the concept of Toro Rosso. Much as I can't stand help Marco, I have to go well done to him for that. Um, and, you know, it's... He was uh, the worst performing rookie, wasn't he? Well, only by points. That's true. Not by performance. And this is the thing. I mean, if you really think about retirements. Yeah, you really think, think of it. You know, the, how much better is Verstappen than, than, than Carlos? It's, not, it's nothing like as much as the hype and the PR would say it was. No, no, no. And if you look at his average finishes of, of the races that he finished, his worst finish was the 13th, uh, and his best was the 7th. Take out the, take out the retirements. He had not a bad year, really. Um go up one place to 14th and pass to Maldonado. Seven non-finishes for him. His worst finish was a 15th, finish then a 14th. He finished the season, well, though. Then he had an 8th, a 7th, an 8th, an 11th, a 10th, and a retirement. And the retirement Abadeau was causing Tyler by Fernando Alonso, who punted him off the track at absolutely zero fault on past him. If you take out the retirements, then Alonso has a fantastic year. <laughs> Not really. 12, 11, 10, 5, 13, 8, 11, 11, 11, 15, 17. And maybe yeah. not then. 
He, no, they, say they, they actually didn't retire as much as you think. They just trundled along most of the time. Some of those... Um, Alonso only had seven retirements. Some of those are ones where he did retire in the last lap but was still classified. Yeah, well, mostly mentally retired in the second lap. So Pasta then in 14th Hang position on. with 27 I haven't finished points. talking about Carlos Sainz Jr. yet. No, we've moved on from that. <laughs> what do you want to say about him? Uh... How do we uh, see him progressing next season? Well, the interesting thing is that the Toro Rosso will have a reliable engine next year in the Ferrari. We don't know how much they'll be down on power by having the um, this year's version rather than next year's version. Probably not as much as they were with the Renault this year. Um, it's a good power plant. Um, they built a good chassis this year. If they can build as good a chassis to house the um, Ferrari engine, I think they'll be a much, much more easy to assess the relative merits of the two drivers when they actually have more, more stability underneath them. I think Max is probably is probably quicker, but you can't tell. Carlos could very much... Uh, you know, the, the improvement from year one to year two is, is steep for everybody. But, of course, it's only actually going from year two to year three in total for Max Verstappen and Carlos. Now we can move on to Pasta Maldonado. We've done Pasta. We've done him. No, nobody what? faster than Pasta. Not as bad as people made him out to be either. Not a, Very, very much... Um, Give a dog a bad name, I think, with Pasta. Um, there was one particular race, though, wasn't there, Nick? No, he's had a couple of... Um, ter- he's had some bad... Ter- Look, let's be honest with you, Lewis had a bad race. Fettel had two bad races. They get, it all gets glossed over. Um, Nico Rosberg had a pretty shoddy start of the season. Just he's such a good car, he still came second or third. Pasta had a race where he was given three drive-through penalties. Yeah, that isn't good, in fairness. No, that's, that's a very good point well made. <laughs> well, but Lewis had the same. He had three penalties in one race. Yeah, yeah I know. So, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Philippe Nazar. Um, well, Philippe Nazar, I think, is one of Tim's favourites by the sound of it. Well, only had one retirement. He had a didn't start as well in the UK. The, the issue with Nazar, obviously, is he started brilliantly uh, on a number of levels, but the uh, Sauber was very cash-strapped as far as development was concerned and was slowly sinking down the grid. So it sank behind um, the Force Indies specifically, and even a little bit got, got began to get caught up by the um, McLaren Hondas as well. So they, the chances of points just dropped away during the season. Uh, his best was at the first race of the season when he got a fifth, got a sixth later on in Russia. Uh, his worst was a 16th. I'll just check that. It was in Japan, a 20th um, for that. That was after a penalty, though, I think, wasn't it? Uh Oh, no, sorry. He didn't finish, but he was classified in that one. Um, I haven't got Alonso as, as any races where he didn't finish but got classified. Tim, all these retirements were full retirements. But anyway, by the, by the way. Uh, so, Felipe Nasser on uh, 27 points in 13th place. Um, then, with one, two, three... Hang on, three... Nasser still. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So, I think that of the... Um, of all the drivers this year, he was the one who didn't seem to be reported, and he massively outperformed both his teammate and the car. I think. I would agree. He did very, very well for his first year, and he was um, hidden by the very headline-grabbing um, appearance of Max Verstappen in a very headline-grabbing team with uh, Marco spouting the whole time left, right, and centre. Six. Points scoring races against his teammates 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, five. 7, 8, 9, 10. Max Verstappen, you said? Which no, is Nazar versus Ericsson. 
Oh, sorry, yes. Uh, you mentioned Verstappen, sorry. Against Verstappen's 11. So he had half as many points finishes as Verstappen. It was nothing like as good a car off at the start of the season either. Hmm. Um, I think Naz has done a very... But fewer retirements than yeah. Verstappen. Naz has done a very solid job um, in an unreported way, as Tim says. But I think, you know, it was an unreported team. Sauber always have been. And they had a fading car. Um, so it's it's not going to make any headlines. The cars that fade away are not. Will they be around in. next year? Yeah, I can't see why not. Because they have no money. That's why. Well, they have got some money because they've signed to the two, same two rich drivers again. Right, but that it's never. Uh, y- your point is well made. They have enough money to get the season started, but yep. then they can't develop the car, so it gradually gets worse exactly. as the season goes on. And exactly the same happened next year. And they run out of money as the season exactly. goes on. They very nearly that's what didn't make the end of the season this year. And that's what happened next year. Why do you say that? Because they haven't got any extra money coming in. No, why did John say they didn't make ne- nearly no, didn't make the end of the they, season? No, they were, they were scrounging around for an advance. They wanted the, ad- the advance because everyone else had had it. They no. felt that... The, they were to they disadvantage. Had they had, they had not not uniquely in, in the middle the teams, of the back of the grid. All the teams they had suffer. cash flow pa- for all the, at the teams end of suffer year. huge outflows with very little inflow between November from basically the end of the season till they get the money from Burley. It's about six weeks where they've got a massive hole in their cash flow when they're also having to be spending a lot in the development of the cars. But half the season onwards, a lot of the teams no, that's, are that's, struggling. that's running cash. That's not yeah. investment cash. Well, and that, but that's the problem that Sauber perennially have and had it again this year. But that's not a surprise. They had to get bailed out by Guido van der Gaard last year. He said mm. they had it this year. Mm. And they paid him I'm off. I'm not sure Guido van der Gaard would, uh, would bail them out this year. No. no, I think it's unlikely in fairness, Tim. I think that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> oh, I, think, uh, I think that boat has very much sailed. But I think you'll find that Marcus Ericsson has probably paid in advance, and uh, as has Banco de Brazil, and they're, 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 they'll be ticking off. I think, you know, it's a good little team down there, and and they've got a good package with the with Ferrari engine, first choice Ferrari engine. So they, there's nothing to say they won't come out fast from the blocks again, but, you know, you still think that by the time you get six, seven races in, they're going to be falling back very quickly. Now, we have a big jump between uh, Felipe Nasser, who was 13th, and Max Verstappen, who was 12th. Uh, Personality of the year, Max Verstappen. Because Nasser was on 27 points. Verstappen managed 49 points. Yeah, and he did it with fewer finishes. Uh, he had one, two, He did three. have a much better car. He had four retirements. Uh, a a in China, he wasn't running at the end, but was classified because he'd done 90% of the race. Uh, a best of two-fourths uh, and a worse of that 17th yeah, I, in China. Yeah, the interesting thing is that, that Max Verstappen was a complete breath of fresh air. And he was a bit wild. He had more pen- he's got more penalty points in his license than anyone else at this point. You know, most people, most 17-year-olds who pass their driving test get their license taken away and they get penalty points too quickly. Uh, he was lauded by the uh, the press instead. Um no, he's a real find, Max. Um, it's a meteorical rise. If he continues the vertiginous uh, rise he's having, then he's almost certainly going to find himself in the Ferrari seat in, uh, for 2017 and probably worrying Sebastian Vettel. But there's also the difficult second album concept as well. You know, he's, next year, he's got to do it again. It's probably not going to be quite... You know, the t- car isn't necessarily going to be quite on the uh, the upper levels as other teams improve around him. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. What engine does Toro also have next year? Last year's, well, this year's Ferrari. So this year's Ferrari. Year's, so it should Ferrari. be more reliable than the Renault. I, exactly. I think the reliability will not be anything like the same bugbear. Um, but maybe not as fast. It's fast as the Renault. Well, we only look at the Renault, really, in the Red Bull spec. And actually, Red Bull 
got the worst out of that Renault engine of the teams that were they, running they, it. They, Toro they Rosso managed to managed to get much better uh, pace out of that engine because you can't think that Toro Rosso was all aerodynamic benefit. It was they must have, they must be getting more out of that engine than Red Bull were. Well, I don't know. They just, they, I don't think they're getting more horsepower out of it. They just just had a better aerodynamic setup for aerodynamic concept for a car that's down on power. Uh, let's move on to Ramon Grosjean, who is sitting just outside the House. top ten. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, non-finishes, although one of them he was classified thirteenth in Singapore. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points finishes uh, with third in Belgium. Uh, with a third in Belgium, so 10 finishes, yeah. And the worst, obviously, of a 10th uh, for each finisher. In fact, his worst finish was that 13th when he didn't get the checkered flag but was still classified at Singapore. That was because he hadn't had any lunch. Yes, again. There's a lot of... Like... No, I mean, obviously, uh, Roman um, has managed to get away from his... pull over for a takeaway on Has the managed to get away from his wild man of racing image of three or four years ago. Um, did a good, very solid job. Um car was okay again not much development because they had no money whatsoever they couldn't you know, let them they couldn't even afford to, you know, to get the tyres warm and feed the team let alone uh, invert the car um, decided enough was enough struggling with Lotus couldn't wait for Renault to get their, their act together and has jumped ship to Haas which will be interesting are, are we now they... considering that uh, Roman Grosjean is back to the Roman Grosjean of five years ago when we considered him the standard at which you measured every well, other driver the would, SI if, the SI yes, unit if yeah. he would actually drive one of the cars because uh, his Formula One career to date has been inconsistent, hasn't it? Uh, do you know what? I think that's, a, that's probably the perfect word for it. There has been no consistency. Good, bad, indifferent, or the third one in between. And where's he off to next year? Haas. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Haas. Right. Haas. All right. Are you going to argue about Haas versus Haas? Actually, what did she say? It's Haas, isn't it? Oh. Carry on. That was a pet shop pause again. It was. <laughs> we uh, have to get that as a jingle, don't we? Yes. Only if it's Haas, not if it's Haas. Yeah, need to find Haas. a different jingle. Uh, uh, it's 25 past nine, which means it's time to head into the top ten. Okay, mm. fantastic. Yes. And, uh, Quick word on Grosjean before we leave. Rotation says, do you think that when Grosjean goes to Haas, he'll send back a letter from America? He says, I'm sorry, I'll go and sit in the corner now. Would have been he should be already. I don't think you should make proclamations like that. No, absolutely <laughs> right. The that's the least that you need to do. <laughs> the top uh, ten drivers top 10. in 2015 uh-huh. are yes. much Paul like Paul the Nikenberg. much like the animals on Noah's Ark. Really? Uh, in two by two formation. Oh yes, so they are. Ninth and tenth, mm-hmm. Sergio Perez. Yes. And Nico Hulkenberg. And if you ask anybody in the Grand Prix paddock, they will say that Sergio Perez has had the much the better season. Mm. You ask anybody in the real world, they'll go, hang on, that bloke won Le Mans. And took his trophy to a press conference. Yeah, and more importantly, when they both retire with no world championships because they never get a decent drive, Hulkenberg still won Le Mans. Hulkenberg <laughs> has got every chance of winning a world championship in a sports car. Sorry, I meant F1. F1 world championships. Um... But nothing, no, I mean, sto- nothing stopping Sergio Perez from uh, jumping into a sports car either. Yes, he could follow in the. Uh, it, do you know what? Of you, the say, you, you say that, uh, Tim, and that's, you know, 
probably not the worst thing Perez he could be do. A perfect guy for uh, fabulous third place, of course. He did get on the podium in Russia, uh, whereas Hulkenberg's Hulkenberg's best season, was a couple of Hulkenberg sixths, wasn't it? Started the season quite well when the car was not very good. Um, and then obviously went away won Le Mans came back well you say he started quite well he started in Australia he started well no, he started and then had a series of races where he didn't score yeah, any points start, alright he started quite well in comparison to his partner his teammate not unnecessarily I'm going to dispute that as well because no, he did in Australia you're looking at then you're looking at results you're not looking at what actually happened and as you know, at the back of the grid, your actual finishing position, especially in Force India with their crazy and wacky t- strategy, doesn't necessarily affect whether who was the better driver of the weekend. So it was certainly fair that with the A-spec and prior to, Le- to Le Mans, it was Perez who was feeling pressure about not really performing, and it was Halkenberg who was seen as, again, putting in another very good solid season. Why haven't Ferrari signed it? is not doing very much. He then won Le Mans, and things were, again, even better. Well, you've got to sign this. Uh, and then the B-spec came car and a car came out, and if you have to be honest, Perez absolutely dominated Halkenberg. And you're going to go, oh, but he was sixth. In this no, he dominated Halkenberg for the rest of the season. To be uh, fair, Halkenberg had them. three DNFs in the second half of the season. Again, to, to zero. Sometimes you can't look at the, the Wikipedia. Why did, Hulk, why did Hulkenberg not start in in Belgium? Was he still at Le Mans? Nothing. He broke down. I think the formation that didn't he? Right. I can't remember. The engine went. Yeah, he didn't get he, Eng, right. engine formation lap. Yeah. Okay, so that's those two. But you know, I think we needed. Obviously, Perez suffered a, a bad year at, at um, uh, McLaren a couple of years ago. Um, I think he was probably. Um, verbally assaulted by Ron Dennis at some time during last year on time um, but he has come out and he finished the season very well um, he, he right said today that uh, he went to McLaren too early and he, he wasn't ready for going to a big team at that point in his career well the whole well, thing the whole, right. the whole shuffle about was caused by a panic when Lewis unexpectedly left them and unfortunately the arrogance which uh, I'm a bit of a McLaren fan but the arrogance they've shown really over the last seven or eight years which has contributed them to being as, doing as bad as they are now they were so surprised that Lewis left that they, didn't have, they had no plan B they'd never even envisaged that was going to happen why would you leave it you know well because um, I need a new challenge you're not going to win anything I'll give it a go somewhere else you know you're mad it's, it's the worst move you're ever going to make <laughs> not quite um, and they had no plan B and they they, they ru- Sorted around and five. The Perez had had a couple of good qualifying sessions with the Sauber that year. Um, a couple of good qualifying sessions with the Sauber, and they thought, oh, yeah, he's not the up and coming driver. And then they did the thing that many F1 teams are guilty of, and not just um, McLaren. They didn't really support him once they had him. And I, I and, agree and, with that. and there's a there's a really weird situation within Form One sometimes in that they do you think they, they discounted s- him because of his money? Mate, well, he wasn't bringing that much at that time, I think. it was. A... But he was bringing money yeah, to McLaren. I, yeah, so do you think they didn't take him as seriously know. as they would have as somebody they were playing? But I think it's not Big. just a McLaren thing. A lot of people bring in drivers who've got a reputation or, or who are up and coming or made something and then decide they're not going to support them. When things go bad, they start, you know, you know, look what happened to Sebastian Bourdais at um, Toro Rosso. He was never supported by them. I mean, he was driving for Herbert Marco. It's hardly surprising. But, you know, and he's a, a proven talent who's been fast everywhere. Uh, but, you know, you just send these guys out without to, to sink or swim and don't give them the support they need as they come over and try and convert to various different... Th- and you're surprised when they fail, but often they just set them up to fail. Sergio Perez, the highest scoring Mexican in 2015. Is he going to be the highest scoring Mexican in 2016? 
I think yes. I don't think Esteban Gutierrez is going to score more points than him because I think that even the Haas, the Haas probably will end up being a car as good as the Force India, not better. It's and I not think Haas like grass, apparently. Haas, is it? It's Haas. No, Haas. It works then. So, uh, and I think that Gutierrez Haas, is, is not as good as... Grass or grass? Good point. Ah. Uh, and I think Gutierrez is, is not as good as Perez. So my guess is, and I'll say this right now, that without knowing anything about the cars, Perez will score more points than Gutierrez. Uh, moving on to uh, Formula Red Bull B team, seventh and eighth for. No, this is the A team. <laughs> is it really? Well, is it? Yes. <laughs> uh, Weren't they all the B team this year? Well, they were all with the uh, Renault engine. That was the issue, wasn't it? Uh, Daniel Ricardo, although not Danny Rick and always, Danny because uh, of the Renault engine, uh, the actual Red Bull car wasn't very good, was it? Daniel Ricardo is a very lucky boy. Danny Ricardo had a brilliant season last year. Danny Ricardo had a very poor season this year, which was completely disguised by the fact he was driving a poor car and then his employers decided to get involved in the most um, self-harming dispute ever mm. in an attempt to get a new engine. Which has cost them how much money? But Danny Kvyat, second year in, coming through, has got more points than Ricardo. Uh, and has just been more consistent. I think Ricardo's but everybody's going to remember Ricardo, or, um, Ricciardo on the podium, though, isn't he? Aren't they? Hmm. Are they? I can't remember it already. I can't remember it now. Um, so I think they're Ricciardo. It's a Hungarian Grand Prix, remember? Well, Kvyat, you know, uh, well, Kvyat was on the podium as well. He was second. That's and true. Yes. Ricciardo had one good race in Singapore, and um, he had. Uh, 18 very average races by his own stance. He needs to step up next year to avoid... I mean, Fettel got away with a bad year without damaging his reputation because he was in a shoddy Red Bull. I think uh, Ricardo can do it as well because everyone saw how well he did last year. Uh, Kvyat, who was under intense pressure of coming really up and far as the British Grand Prix, uh, upped his game or worked out what was going on or, or got over his nerves. He's still a very young man himself. Uh, to be promoted to the major team. He's done particularly well in the second half of the season. But again, you know, it's, it's all relative. The car's awful. Um, they're constantly whinging. Everyone wants to see them fail, which doesn't help because it's just so unpleasant. You know, a Formula 1 team's won four world championships in the last five years. They were threatening to quit and everyone said, yeah, off you go, we don't care. Go on. Uh, of, all the, um, of all the teams... There's mm. a reason for that, of course. Yeah, they like them. And all the Why drivers... With it's disingenuous. The, there's something more than that, though, isn't there? It was the fact that they were the ones who broke the Formula One Constructors Association up by taking Bernie's money. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they've 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 completely been self-servant, serving self anyway, that word. Um, and uh, suddenly it came back to bite them. Mm. Sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Uh, of all the uh, teammates, uh, apart from uh, those at Manor in the world. Mm. Uh, these were the ones that the most closely matched in terms of points. Yes. If I was going to be hiring one of them for my car that wasn't rubbish, I'd still hire Danny Rick, though. Would you? Yeah. He speaks He's better English still. That's not important. He's quicker. Uh, predictions for next year? It'll be quicker. Um, I think the thing is, the Renault engine is, is, is going to need some sort of miracle improvement over the winter. Who knows if it will happen? I mean, that miracle improvement will only just get it closer. We don't, they're not, don't kid yourself. It's going to be better than the Ferrari or the Mercedes, um, but it might get itself close enough. So you know, on a good day, on a good track, you can pick up the odd win again and 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 regularly challenge for the, the bottom end of the podium. But um, they've, you know, really 
got very little positive. We've got very little goodwill in the bank, put it that way. So they need to start building that back up again. The second best Mercedes-powered team. Yes. Which in sounds terms like, of points. Which sound, the second best Mercedes-powered team sounds like a movie that should star Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> See her in me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll pick up. Moving on. Uh, Felipe Massa, who you Felipe love. Baby. No, no, I just, I just, I just love mentioning him and how he's still doing reasonably well because it annoys Sam. Valtteri Bottas, and he's lovely as well, who's a very, very talented Finn, if a little bit um, dour. Is Valtteri Bottas the one that you never mm. see alongside? Because not dour. No, is nor Val- was Gigi Leto. Is Valtteri Bottas the one that you never or see? Or Kovalainen. That you never see together with Jimmy Bruni. Yes. Right. Okay. They are the same person. Yeah. Um, no, Valtteri Bottas obviously. Um, Jimmy Bruni's taller, quite a bit taller. I think that the That's just the thing really check. about Williams is Williams did very very well. They're an, they're very much a private team. They're very much an independent team. And they came third, which is great. It's and not a camera trick. I've seen. I've got, met Jimmy Bruni. I've seen him in real life. I wasn't looking through a camera. He's taller. And they got 286 points, which sounds in isolation very good for a private team. But don't know about you, I was just disappointed with them for the second year in a row. They didn't well, take the chances. The winning team got 700 points. Well, just they didn't really, you, didn't, you never felt they were going to win anything. They had a couple of chances where if they'd rolled the dice a bit more and been a bit more aggressive, they could have done something better and yeah, they, they didn't probably, take those opportunities. They, picked up a two, they might not have won, but they might have got a couple more places. And it's like, they were obviously so far ahead of the team, you know, the, 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 between the head of Red Bull, that they could have been a bit more risk-taking, really. Um, you know, it's, can you criticise a team that's you know probably running on a third of the budget of the two teams ahead of them and... And picks up the points. much less than a third of the team behind oh, them. Yeah, I mean, you kind of think yeah, Williams, but you kind of yeah. We, we, I come from the wrong generation. I come from the generation of Williams winning everything. And it's very hard to see them playing plucky, plucky also rounds. But they've been plucky also rounds for a very, very long time since they lost a BMW engine in two thousand and six. Yeah, or five. So that's a decade ago. I know, but I'm old. Well, and your your Formula One. Sorry, career, Nick, started yeah. pretty much at the same time as Williams started, started going downhill, winning. didn't they? No, they won the first two World Championships I covered. Yeah. Yeah, Damon so Hill, that, then, then after that. How many they have they won just before that? Well, all Three? All the ones Michael Schumacher hadn't won. I, I just think that... I think of Williams as an engineering company. I don't think of Formula One anymore as an engineering-led sport. Well, perhaps that's why um, Jaguar Formula E agree with you. I don't think if Jaguar is an engineering company either. No, but that's, no that's why they Williams brought Williams in to build their car. Uh, right, OK. But I don't think if Formula E is an engineering company either, funny enough. But an engineering I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, um, no, I mean, Williams no, has had diversified. Seriously, I do think I do think of Williams as an engineering company in, in the old traditional carbon fibre triangle are you know artisan like yeah, workmen? I think they are type of wear. I think they are um, absolutely a throwback, and you know they're becoming you know most of their money I'm sure is made these days from engineering um, consultancy projects we never hear about, um, both in in motor racing and other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, they do an awful lot of stuff Defense. in. They do an awful lot of stuff in all sorts of things, which um, yeah, we might or might not have a, a uh, an opportunity to use somewhere else. Uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think Williams are fantastic, and, I, and I, yeah, it's a great place to go. Grow with marvelous museum, but you don't see them 
not only do you not see them improve, though the third is great, you don't seem to have the ambition to improve. Of course, you've been to that museum, uh, Nick, which isn't open to the public, is it? Isn't it? Oh, well, no, it's open. If you go to the corporate yeah, day together, it's corporate day together. You can't, you can't, you can't rock up on a Tuesday and kind of go and see. You need to be part of a gang of people who are invited. But it's not. Oh, go and watch the Grand Prix and rare. their presentation. Yeah, thing. I mean, they still not. do Sunday lunch and a Grand Prix and a tour around the, around the museum, don't they? Hmm. Although they've sold some of the cars off now. Uh, well, so they that's had, Williams. They had, they, they had two or three of the same ones. That's what they've done. They take the duplicates out. Frank was very clear about that. There's also a few on loan to a certain museum. Uh, not that far to the north of them. Mm. Quite but Williams and Bernie's got the rest. Yeah, but Williams, yeah, they did okay. They done okay. They done, but they need to have more ambition. But they think they've probably decided that they they they've reached a point they can reach. They they did play it very safe, though, didn't they? Yeah. But but they didn't suffer by doing so because they would never have beaten Ferrari. No, you're absolutely right, Tim. They were they were effectively. They get, did they get half the points of Ferrari? Yeah, they got just over. They got a bit more than half. Didn't but it's they? not. It's not just about that, isn't it? It's 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 not just about the results. It's how you play the game. But then again, uh, in modern F1, another of pragmatism sometimes has to come into it. I don't necessarily agree that this is why I think the top teams should have three cars, <laughs> of which only two score points. Yeah, but you put three cars out every time. They're, they're all, yes, all, score got... point, all score points are drivers. Yes, but I think you've got to nominate your two point scoring cars. No, just the first. No, time. because then you'd still not take any risks. You'd have a car that was just driving around burning fuel for no reason. First two cars at home. But that's not going to happen anyway until we lose some teams and, and we're all so frightened of losing teams, it's not true. Mm. So who was that Williams then? That was Williams, right. whose yes. drivers Valtteri Bottas and Felipe Massa were the uh, second highest ranked Finn and highest ranked Brazilian, respectively, in fifth yeah, and I sixth see. places. In this year's drivers' championship, mm. uh, so on to third and fourth. And while um, Kvyat and Ricardo were the teammates uh, who were the most closely matched in terms of points, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Räikkönen uh, were the polar opposite. Yes, although still together on the final finishing. It's all about the car. Yeah. Um, because Vettel basically had a very, very good season after his very, very poor season last year. He had uh, two absolutely awful races, uh, one in Bahrain and one in Mexico, and everywhere else he did as well as a car could do. Um, and Kimi? Um, God, goodness only knows. Um, it was all over the shop most of the time. Um, great in Bahrain. Um, strong at the end of the season, actually, in Brazil and Abu Dhabi, of course. But um, in it between... was pretty strong at the start of the season, apart from not finishing in... Uh... Melbourne, he then got 4th, 4th, 2nd, 5th, 6th, 4th. Yes, but all those places are behind Fettel apart from the 2nd, and we just already said that they were really fighting over 1st to 4th. Mm. So he was the 4th best of 4, yes. is what you're and saying. and sometimes not even that high. Um, <laughs> you kind of think with, with, with Kimi, it's, 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 he seems very, very, very popular within the team. He seems, obviously, he's got a very good fan club. My guess is that they probably looked at the marketplace and had their eye on people. They thought it might be a year too soon. So anybody you sign, they'd have to take for two years. They didn't want to commit to anyone else to, like a Hulkenberg. So they've sat down and gone, right, well, we, we, we're very happy with our number one driver. And let's be honest, Ferrari love a number one driver. With Seb, we'll carry on having the no trouble Kimi Raikkonen. You know, money, no object, cost him a few quid, they don't care. And they'll keep the options open for next year when several of these rookies have two years under their belt and they almost say it will take Max, but they might have said somebody else if he's contractually somewhere else so that's why Kimmy's in the team last year coming up 
I thought this was last year, so you know, it, I can see no reason, unless there's a Kimonescence, uh, that that would change. Kimonescence. Kimonescence, yeah. Um, but who knows? Who uh, This constant surprise, but I can't see why, they, why, why he would... There are times when you feel he really doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I'm sure there are less times when uh, Fernando Alonso doesn't want to be there. But, you know, he's still obviously very quick. Uh, yeah, Fettel did, went, went away to improving his reputation. But again, ridiculous amount of hyperbole covering his season. It's like, really, what did he achieve? He, he, what did he actually do that was really, really good? Support a lot of uh, Italian on the pitch to car. Which is irritating because only, because it's a world feed. It should be in English. And no one can understand <laughs> what you're saying. It's against the rules. Don't know if it is actually. It's against the rules. And he's, and he's, you're not allowed scramble transmissions, and you have speaking to speak. Italian is not a scramble transmission. It's not in English, yeah, but I think it's not English, and it's de- it states specifically on your pit to car radio uh, regulations in the supplementary regulations for Formula One that you may not speak in any other language other than English. Loads of people speak in languages other than English. I'm just saying you may well be right, Tim. I'm just saying it says you can't. But the fact is, it's not. It's, it's all very well to go, oh, Montebello and everything else. That's great. Um, and in fairness, he was always very irritating when he was happy at, at uh, Red Bull. So in some ways, um, that's fine. But it's a little bit showy. I mean, do it the first time. Fantastic. I've learned some Italian. And then, then flip back in the future. Uh, Kevin Poulton says, with Merck Power, shouldn't Williams have been the second place team? This year, that's a fair point. Well, was it Shouldn't the same engine? You. Shouldn't force India have been. Well, uh, Alan Prosser says, uh, speaking of people who look like uh, other people, we had Valtteri Bottas and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Bruni. Bruni. That's only in your head. Facially. Uh, has anybody ever seen Sebastian Buemi and Angel de Maria in the same place? And he's sent us pictures. They are very good. They are similar, so yeah. They are that's very good. good. That's a good one. Uh, uh, but... And Matt Hunter says, surely wasn't Kimmy's problem that, um, in fact, he actually doesn't really know what he's doing. No. I think he does know exactly what he's doing. He's just I think Kimmy's problem is that when he started in Formula 1, driving a Formula 1 car was a challenge, and now it isn't. Fair enough. The drivers uh, are better than the cars now, and that's not how it used to be. Well, it's the same for next year. It won't be again. The, I don't uh, believe them, by the way. Uh, uh, supporting Vettel a little bit here, um, Matt says, Vettel, in his opinion, Vettel became the jester trying to lighten up the sullen Mercedes drivers. Not sure whether to praise Vettel's him or not. Got a very that's, good, a, Vettel, a, that's a very actually, good point, actually. Sebastian Vettel has a very good wit. He's he has a, a very a, highly developed a very sense, dry of sense of humour. Yep, and I'm absolutely certain if you were Sebastian Vettel's mate and went out for dinner with him, you'd have a great time. There's not many racing drivers you can probably say that about, if I'm honest. Um, in Formula well, not one. in Formula One, yeah. Um, but he's does again have an on-track demeanour that you know, is a little bit kind of irritating if I'm really honest. In, 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 How old is he now? 28? 29? So he's one of the senior He's also He's now. also obviously the anathema of Lewis. Lewis is, lives his entire life in the glare of publicity. And the F1 bubble, yeah. We only, literally, Sebastian Vettel only admitted he had a second child in the summer about a week ago. He had a second child? His girlfriend. I didn't did. know that. Yes, he's got two daughters now. Wow. He's admitted an exclusive interview with Build. Um, What's the second but, one called? What? I don't know. I don't know he was why, in there. Why? Have you not read Built? 
why why he was talking to a trade magazine for the uh, the house church, I have no idea. Build. It's your flat pack furniture weekly. Uh, no, but yeah, so he's, Germany's he, best-selling he, newspaper. He's basically just gone the reverse on the pub on the on the publicity, and it's and it makes him an interesting character. I think he's probably a lovely guy, but like all racing drivers, racing drivers, the requirements to be a racing driver in a single-seater series are you need to be incredibly focused, incredibly driven, incredibly dedicated, and that doesn't always make you a great human being. You could say that about a lot of sportsmen, actually. Well, most, actually, in fairness. Seb got my vote uh, when he started Courtney Monty Python way back when he started in Formula One. Uh, You're listening to Midweek Motorsport Special as we look back at the Formula One season from 2015 on RadioLeMond.com. Ferrari, of course, have turned the corner. The Renaissance is on, and uh, they'll be pushing Mercedes-Benz. They'll be right up there. She's called Matilda. The second oh, daughter. The new one. What's the first one called? Emily. Oh, they're nice names. They are. There was teach, a rumour. She's teaching her a three step dance so that it can be waltzing with Matilda as soon as possible. Okay. There was a rumour back in September that uh, he'd had uh, a second child. Um, and one German newspaper, uh, Kohler Zeitung, uh, suggested that there might have been twins. But uh, clearly that's not true. But the excitement has faded since then. And it wasn't. Yeah, so I mean, the Fra- talk about Ferrari moving forward. Ferrari, obviously, engine is much, much closer than now than uh, to the Mercedes. Um, but as you pointed out, John, they were no closer in lap time by the end than they were in the start. And that's down to chassis. And it's really hard when re- regulations don't change to pull it out of the chassis. Marchioni said something interesting to one of the... He says lots of interesting things. Um, you mean Marchion? Marchioni. Uh, no, it's is that how the, That's not how the Italians say it, though, is it? There's no A on the end of it. There's, There's an a on. The end of it. There's an A on the end of it. Anyway, let's let's get past pronunciation weekly. Um, the head of Ferrari said um, that they very nearly had asked, uh, had um, Alfa Romeo back in as a brand in Formula One this year with a branding deal for the Ferrari engines, mm-hmm. and that he still hasn't uh, he still hasn't uh, ruled that out for the future. Alfa Romeo has a very big program of relaunched new models and moving back in the USA. It would make a huge amount of sense to do that if they could find a team they would trust to carry that badge. The LMP2 Alfa Romeo rumour has resurfaced again at the same time for the same reason. <laughs> which I think I might have inadvertently started by asking a question of somebody who we know that works at Alfa Romeo, so for which I apologise. Um, I remember working for RML back in 2000 and us putting together a prod, uh, uh, a potential project then for um, prototypes because of that they were talking about being relaunched in the States. They are about to relaunch they more got, fully in the States. Four or seven models coming out in the next Including an SUV. Yeah, I mean, they are... They would be a perfect... And a relaunch into the States. Yeah, I mean... But, but that's been happening It seems to me that if Ferrari, are, if Ferrari are, charging, are, ch- are supplying two customers, then why wouldn't you badge one engine Maserati when engine Alfa Romeo? Because don't forget Enzo Ferrari was get, running you, you Alfa Romeo exactly, before he went to set up for Ferrari. You're getting no extra publicity from the Sauber Ferrari or the Manor Ferrari. Particularly nobody calls it the Sauber Ferrari. Over the Ferrari yes, Ferrari. Good point. Over the Ferrari Ferrari. If you actually get a deal where you say, right, that has to be called Toros Alfa Romeo is a bit of a low. You mean Toros and Maserati and you can be Sauber Alfa Romeo. At least you get some more brand traction. Alfa Romeo is Formula 1 heritage though. Much, much like their road car heritage. 
Yeah, it's a little what we said. Le- lots of electrical it? problems. At least you get rust in the carbon fibre. Mm. It's not great, is it? It's great I, pre-war. Uh... It's fantastic pre-war. Well, no, yes, okay. In, in years where you and I might possibly have been yeah, alive. Yeah, not great. Not not 1985. Great. Ricardo Patrese retired, 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 retired. Tenth retired. Eleventh, ninth retired, 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 retired. Ninth retired, retired. There was a lot of races that season, wasn't there? Was it a turbo chance? Uh, that was the uh, Alfa Romeo V8. Sounds... <laughs> anyway, moving on. So long as they put a grill on it that looks like an Alfa grill, hmm. it has to have an Alfa grill on the front. It's a green cloth leaf on the side, wasn't it? That was obviously the works team. Which I'm sure Nick, uh, Tim will tell me that I've spoken. Sorry, what was... Ah, oh, he's missed it. Keep going. Keep going. Go. Didn't hear that. So anyway, um, Head of Ferrari says that there's still a chance. It very nearly happened this year. Still a chance for that to happen. Marketing reasons, yes, yes, yes. Sporting reasons, yeah, sort of. It kind of works. And it, I don't see any downside to it, Nick, do you? It's just badge engineering in yeah. the way that... Renault and Nissan and Infinity didn't get their heads around. It it wouldn't be the worst thing to do. I mean, the, you're going to have Tag Heuer badged on a Renault engine where there's no absolutely no input whatsoever from Tag Heuer. Do you not know it's going to be clockwork? Oh. That's very funny. Self-driving. It'll go around, if, it <laughs> yes. goes around like, if it goes around like clockwork, they'll be happier than they were this year. Hmm. As long as it doesn't strike every hour. <laughs> that would be more like British Leyland. Yeah. Oh, God, God. I hate having to breathe sometimes. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Midweek Motorsport. Uh, we're into the last, inside the last 10 minutes now uh, of our Formula One review show for 2015. Don't forget, there's a USA team coming next year as well. Uh, Rotation says, if they do have an alpha badged engine, please can it have the chrome manifolds like the V6 in the 156? Uh, very good. Please can be faster than the one that uh, Nicola Larini had in the Azella. <laughs> yes. That was the last Alfa Romeo engine in Formula 1. DNQ okay. excluded 9th, DNQ, DNQ, retired, retired, 19th. Excluded? Yeah. See, excluded's fantastic. You just Phoenix. don't see that anymore. Well, it was playing play up in class, you know, disrupting everyone else. Did not provisionally qualify... Retired, retired. You don't see, didn't provisionally no, qualify. No, pre qualify. Did not pre qualify. Pre qualify, sorry. Uh, retired, retired. 12th, retired, retired. DMPQ. Mm. Did not pre qualify. Right, anyway. Um, top two. Top two. Top two. Who was it? Uh, yeah, who were they? Nico Rosberg, the highest placed German. Well 322 done. points. That puts Excellent. him uh, nearly 50 points ahead of the uh, second placed German. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the world champion, um, who was that? Uh, Lewis Hamilton. That would be Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. Of course, the Lewis Hamilton. And let's just say it's right now, because it was a question about an hour and a half ago, the completely deserved champion, the man who yeah, deserved yeah, to win yeah, this yeah, one, yeah. Uh, and absolutely completely deserved. Yep. And just to point him out, he was 59 points, despite the fact that Nico Rosberg was the greatest driver in the world over the last three races, um, he finished 59 points <laughs> behind Lewis. Count. Uh, despite getting a 17-point swing when the team co- uh, made a mistake in Monaco, so that's yeah, and it was two retirements to one. So well, and, and also not allowing uh, Lewis to have a crack at winning any of the last races by having tactics that were blatantly in favour of 
yeah. of Nico. There was number. I mean, as uh, I mentioned earlier, going into the last three races, Hamilton already had ten wins and yeah, exactly. uh, eleven poles, compared to Rosberg's three wins and four poles. Nico Rosberg is a very, very good racing driver. He's not as good as Lewis Hamilton. And the last few races of the year don't change it. Mercedes have had a fantastic season, a better season than last year. Um, one bad race, which was Hungary, um, for the drivers. One bad race for the team, the cars, which was Singapore. Well, and then 17 races were great. Well, except for Russia, for Nico, where he had the failure when he cleared. Yeah, but every, every team has the odd mechanical failure. No, no, I accept, no, no, I, no I, accept, I accept that. That was the only thing where Nico could honestly say that his look was different uh, than the team's or than Lewis's. That he, he had that failure there, which you could say that was balanced out well, no, by the Singa- team's well, in ineptitude. Singa- what happened was, in Singapore, Lewis had a 10p piece fail. Yeah. He had a bit of... But the main problem was, he was lucky, because when it failed, he was in fourth. Yeah. Best chance of a third. Rosberg fell whilst leading... And probably going on to win the race. And that's what happens. Yeah. But it wouldn't change the World Championship because he's too far behind. He'd lost it by then. And, you know, who's to say if he'd been competing for the championship whether he would have done as well as he did? Because, you know, it's 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 all... Lewis, obviously, he's back. I mean, Lewis turns around at the end of the American Grand Prix and I have achieved all my goals. I have equaled Ayrton Senna for three times. And they're going... Oh, I'm now going on holiday. His motivation's unchanged. Really? Yeah, I'm now going on holiday for six weeks. And you kind of think this is where, you know, so what Mercedes have done is they've massively favoured, well, they've certainly helped Nico. So they've they've raised Nico out of a funk to start the next season. Yeah. He's going, oh, no, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. And they've made, and they kick Lewis at the backside, going, well, I don't think you've got it all your own way, young son and fellow, my lad. Sure, you want to win And he now wants to win four world championships to prove everyone wrong again. So. You know, Do you think and then, and that's then a backfire threw... though, Nick, with Nico? Because surely Nico's not that naive that he... He's a racing driver. He'd believe what he wants to believe. He's an egotist, he has to believe it. And he'll believe it all the way up probably till the third or fourth race of next year when he's having his, his backside whipped. And if or the third Ferrari... session in Melbourne. Yeah, and if Ferrari... Say, no, because Ma- no, no, for... everyone can forget about that Melbourne is a completely unique circuit. And you can completely forget... unique. Sorry, it's a unique circuit and... It doesn't recount for anything moving forward the, the, when the real tracks start after that. But the thing to remember is is that um, if there is a proper challenge from a Fettel or a Bottas or a Ricardo, then very quickly this they're both number ones will disappear because it's a luxury you can't have, mm. and they will have to decide who's the fastest. Who knows who that be? Oh, I do. Um, and that's sort of the team. They'll move from there. You know, Rosberg's had the best car at his disposal for the last two years. You know, Rosberg was, is basically David Coulthard. Except he's won more races. Because he's been in a more dominant car. David Coulthard won 13 Formula 1 yeah. races. But then How when, many's Rosberg won? I think it's 15 now, isn't it? Mm. 16, I think. But the thing I remember is, of course, when, when Coulthard was in the very, very good car, you had Schumacher coming around winning things left, right and centre. Yeah, when, when Coulthard was in the best car, his teammate wasn't always the world champion. Mm. Quite often, but not always. No, because you had Hakkinen, who was doing very well, and of course, and Schumacher, who was driving above the ability of the car. And at the Very moment, few drivers do that nowadays. We were talking um, well, about that Fernando's, recently. Fernando's not done it this year. Well, the people you, in this current grid, the people you rely on to drive above the ability of the car were, were, were Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Fernando has just capitulated this year well I don't think he could I think I, I think there's a difference between he's not beating Jensen and he's not better than Jensen at any point either 
but there's a difference between cars getting to the end and not getting to the end and, and outdriving the car. Lewis hasn't had to outdrive the car this year because the car's so much better than he anything else. The all he had to do was outdrive his teammate. Absolutely. We haven't seen. We have not seen. This is not. But whatever anybody says, this is a landmark year for Lewis Hamilton in, in his third championship. It's not his best driving. It's not his best championship. I thought it's possibly not even his best season. Maybe his best season the year after he won when he had that terrible McLaren, which by the end of the season he was winning races with. Yes. Two o nine, I think it was. Um, but you know, the, the year when he had the really bad, that, he had that really bad year, where he crashed into Felipe Massa every week, and then he <laughs> and then he kind of sorted his head out and then he <laughs> went to Mercedes. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. He had a massive magnet on the. You car. know, he's been up. The Lewis Hamilton. The only person who's been able to beat Lewis Hamilton for the last six years has been Lewis Hamilton, mm. and this year he wasn't having any. He was trucking no truck. All right, uh, very quickly because I don't think there's going to be much difference between all of us mm-hmm. on this rookie of the year everybody's happy it's max Verstappen. yeah very much but with signs much closer than you think right okay. but now they're still in between them not in oh, my opinion okay uh okay uh team of the year oh uh mercedes yes that's, that's fairly easy and car of the year would also be the mercedes, mercedes yeah. yeah uh driver of the year then hamilton really by a even long though way. what we were saying about he by wasn't extended a long way by a long way. I'm far more impressed with what Hamilton has done in beating Rosberg than what Fettel did in beating Weber. Mm, that's interesting. Tim? Yes, you've got to go with uh, Hamilton. Even though he hasn't been pushed to any stage of the season and he hasn't had to try that hard? Yes, but he hasn't had to try hard because he hasn't been pushed. That's not his fault that no one else is good enough. Well, no, no, but or that's no what other I'm saying. car is good enough. That, I, I think that he... Is, is that good enough? What I'm saying is, is that good enough? To, to make him the driver of the year. He, he had the he, best car and he had no competition. He, Does that make him the driver of the year? Or is the guy drove, in the back who struck him with the dog better? He drove better than he needed to drive. Right. All right. No. He, I he I, could have put in less effort and still won the world championship. My my thing about it is, is, is I think that he drove one poor race, which was Hungary, and he eased off after he won the, after he won the world championship. Well, <laughs> okay. I don't the only other that. person did well, which was Fettel, drove... Two bad races. He had a bad race in Bahrain. He had a bad race in in Mexico. So two one. It's Lewis's mm. race right. of the year. Uh, Hungary, I think. John or, probably can't answer because he didn't see all of them. Or the USA. USA was a U- good race. Hungary, USA Hungary, Hungary or USA. USA I quite enjoyed. Both well, really unpredictable. Uh, yeah, and Hamilton, but Hamilton really looked into the USA one. Really looked into it in he terms was, of where he was stymied by a bad call from Mercedes because they were playing it properly, and then got lucky by a good call. But then re- Rosberg threw it away. Yes, Rosberg did throw it away. Throw it away. That's true. That's true. I, I I think it's another season for me where there weren't very many good races. There was some good racing, but there wasn't very many good races. Yeah, I think I think that's very very fair. I think every race had good racing. Mm-hmm. The problem was it was a battle between seven, eight, nine, and ten, and when yeah, the FOM TV are showing you lap after lap of a scrap for four points in total amongst the four cars <laughs> and only putting up a gap between the leaders, which is Des in the second, but they're not interested in that either because it's the two Mercedes. You kind of think, mm, that's not how it should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, to sum up, you know, I'm very, very pleased that Lewis has won. I think he deserves it. And I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm very, very pleased, pleased you know when I come back. And hopefully, I'm also very, very, I'll tell you what, the three things, very pleased with Lewis, very pleased with Ferrari, and really, really pleased that finally Red Bull have been caught out. Well, and, been, and, and have been made to pay for being just 
so arrogant. Now, I'm drawing a lie under it now. As far as I'm concerned, we're starting. I'm starting from scratch next year. The people from Milton Keynes, mm-hmm. they've paid their thirty million dollars for their rudeness. Let's see what they can do now. They finally got what in they want. In terms of what it's cost them, for the, so the petulant child has has, has stood in the corner for a while. They've had their dunce's hat. Let's see, and I'm going to I'm going to try and forget that. I'm really pleased for Mercedes because it proves that no matter what you do to Formula One, and no matter how you try to dumb it down, make it cheaper, give everybody a prize, that if you spend more money on the bits that count, you still win the championship, and that's exactly how Formula One should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much to Tim Gray, our executive producer, to Nick Dermott, our Formula One correspondent for this show and for the full season uh, there'll be more Formula 1 coverage of course during 2016 on the 11th series of Midweek Motorsport which starts in early January yes the 11th series uh, thanks for listening to us waffling along there's no time to explain uh, the Llama is out for a new power unit this programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.